can slowly come in. Are you able to hear me? Is your is, is your headphones okay? Headphones, headphones work. Oh, there! Now I can hear you. Look at us, we're live. Live. Hey everyone, this is Ryan, and we're live at what is this place called again? Hop and Spring. Hop and Sting. Hop and Sting in Grapevine, Texas. Grapevine, Texas. And thank you for what? Uh, Michael Schwartz with CalAb Solutions. Metquay. Who else? Uh, Mia Test. There was one other on there. It starts with an A. Adatel. No, it's not Adatel. Oh. But they like the plug. Oh, yeah. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, we don't have Joseph. Joseph got sick. Don't know what happened. But uh, he heard uh, he heard about the uh, resolution not being included in uncertainty budgets. It made him quite ill. It got him got him upset. It did. It did. Is that the is, is that the the biggest takeaway from the show so far? What the the not including resolution on a test on a test? Uh, yeah, we're we're we we don't need to go there. But, uh, <laughs> we'll keep this a happy a, episode. We'll right? keep it a happy episode. But we'll we'll say Joseph is throwing up in uh, protest. Yes. Oh well. Get better, Joseph. I think I saw he's he's listening right now. So get better. Yeah, I hope you feel better. So how is how is your conference been so far? The conference is great. NCSLI is good this year. Texas is Texas. Texas is Texas. It, I, we almost drowned yesterday with the the water. Yeah, you had all the all the rain. I think somebody said the six months worth of rain in one day. So flights were delayed and everything else. And it's just a mess getting in here. But yeah. all the reason for people to come earlier and uh, take a tutorial. That's right. So and stay at the hotel, right? They could have they had a, a, a tutorial from Ryan and Joseph on Sunday that went all day on RF. For real. And it was packed. It was, it's probably about four more than we would like to do. Because, you know, you know how it is. With hands-on, yeah. Oh, yeah. you want as much hands-on as possible. But, you know... It actually didn't turn out that bad because we just did more different types of hands-on at the same time. Yeah, so the people listening are, are going to be in for a treat because there's a lot of metrologists in this room drinking a lot of beer. So uh, I'm hoping as the night goes on, it will get a lot more interesting. So, you know? so we get some saucy de- details from everybody. And, uh, oh yeah. The... Have you got? Did Did you sit in on anything or? Yeah, I sat in on a learning lab. So. Uh, those that are out there that are debating about going to NCSLI, they should certainly consider coming because once you pay for the attendance, you get to go to learning labs, you get to go to sessions. Uh, a right. lot of people, Colin uh, Deckers, you know, wrote at one of the authors of Introduction to Statistics, SunCal Software. He's given presentations this year. Um, Carol, Dillip, uh, just, just lots of great people. An all-star lineup. It, it really, it, there's a lot of great discussions that are happening at the, at the conference. And you can hear the people in the background laughing. And it's all fun. You can yeah. hear the fun. The fun? All well, fun. Metrology is fun. Well, you know, I, I'm, I don't even know if I have thought of what my impression of a conference was before actually coming to them. But as you know, I didn't know about these coming out of the military. So it's one of those things that... Now coming to them, there is a, a fun aspect to it, and it's one of the only times you get to just sit back and talk about metrology for a few days. Yeah, and there are people that will just talk for hours, and it's awesome because 
We all live home lives, right? And uh, <laughs> sometimes our significant others and family do not want to hear about metrology. No. It's it's just not their passion, which is okay. We all we all know that it's okay. But, uh, <laughs> so you can talk to other people where their passion is making better measurements, and it's it's pretty awesome. It's a it's a it's a really recharge if your energy is low. Oh yeah, yeah, so. and and uh, get some interesting insights on things that, uh, at least on our end. It's, it's interesting to see different perspectives from different labs in different areas. Uh, I know you're always talking with people across the country all the time. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's fascinating to hear the different, the different issues. And I, for me, this is the biggest turnout I've been to out of the conferences. Yeah, putting faces, you know, sometimes you, don't, you might not have seen somebody uh, put a one-on-one you know, chat with them. Uh, we we sat down and had chat, you know, two three hour chats with different days with different people, and it just learned a lot. So I learned that a micrometer can be used as a uh, a clamp. It, I, I, I didn't it know can? it. I didn't know it had that alternate use that you could use it as a as a clamp to. Uh, you have to you have to tell me more. What's that? No, you have, we to, have tell to tell me more. Person, hold on. Hey uh, hey hey Paul, come on come on. <laughs> Come on, you got to tell us about micrometers. We're, we're gonna bring we're gonna bring the guy over to talk about micrometers used as C clamps right now. So we're it's uh, oh. it's Paul here. He, here he comes. He's gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tee it up. He's gonna tell the story. All right, Paul's coming. Woo! Oh, get on that one. Get on that one. Yeah, and, and put on the headset. <laughs> oh yeah. So we're we're talking of. You hear me here, Paul? Uh-oh, we got to turn we got to turn Paul up. Okay, there he is. All right. So t Paul, we're talking about my micrometers being used as his clamps. You want to you want to tell us some stories? Okay. So we had a, a really good customer. We were sending large mics to us for calibration, right? Nice guy. He was young and he came in with a anvil from one of his micrometers. And the the freaking anvil was it was a 45 degree angle. And he's like, we keep getting, we have problems with our calibrations. Can mm -hmm. you help us out? We're like, wow, how the hell did y'all do this? Step us through your process. <laughs> Oil and gas, huge pipe, right? It goes down this line, they heat treat it, they code it, and every step of the way, they measure the outside diameter, right? Right. Take a measurement, write it down. And then the Vikings clamp down extremely hard with that same micrometer after they took a measurement and rotate the whole pipe with the same micrometer. Oh, so this is how, I've never seen it before, I would, like, like even on a bench to grind it down. So that's the story. That's nuts. And did you know that? You no. could use, you could spend lots of money for something to be used as a clamp. News for me. And it's, it's probably a, Five, six foot micrometer. It's not cheap. There's a whole yeah multiple sets, right? Well, those are like thousands of dollars, I think, yeah. and with different lengths on it. And measuring rods, what a nightmare! Oh yeah, right for that length. Using it as a baseball bat. Do you think he looks like Billy Corgan? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. I wish I could sing like Billy Corgan. That'd be pretty cool. I like Bullet with Butterfly Wings, but that's a pretty pretty badass song by the Pumpkins. 
So I like the pumpkins. Yeah, they're good. You want to talk about the pumpkins albums? Let's. Uh, it, Ginger's over here. We, she gave a she gave a presentation. Her first presentation she gave today. Yeah. At a, what, at a session. What'd you think? It was such a great experience. Um, it was my goal for this year. I wanted to be like Henry when I grew up. And I got the pleasure to present with Henry. And Paul got to be the timekeeper, so, you know. It's, he, it's a requirement. You need a timekeeper to keep you on track. That was the highlight of the show. I didn't know he would shout it out. I thought it was brilliant that he shouted it out. I thought that was... Uh, <laughs> I think you should have kept shouting out like every five minutes. You got ten minutes left. You owe me fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's only fifty. That's what. That's what. That's your. That's, that's your. That's rate. your rate that's for time. Friend, friend, friend rate. Friend rate. <laughs> so if anybody needs a timekeeper, call Paul. What's your What's your cell number? <laughs> yeah, put that out live. <laughs> it's seven one seven. Instruments. <laughs> yes, if you want to call Morehouse, we are not open right now. <laughs> did I? Just, did we just gain hiss from somewhere? I, I don't know if we gained I a hiss it was or like not. A background soothing water noise. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a. It's like ASMR or something. So, hmm. Henry, you have another presentation tomorrow. Yeah. We have a learning lab tomorrow with Dilip and uh, Greg Senker, and that's uh, CPR for your measurements and. I don't know what it should be called. Story time with Henry Dillip and Greg is what it should be called. But you know, we, we gave it a metrology title. And we know um, Dillip from the yeah. podcast. Who is Greg's been on the? It's Greg. Greg has been on. Yeah, Greg's yeah. been on. Yeah. What was his his podcast about? The industry, the industry concerns panel, right? Yeah, Greg I need is to get amazing. him on for amazing a single guy. show. So, so now we have Paul that put on the headset. So we, he's under he's under the mic. So let's let's ask him like a civilian to Navy. What are you asking? Yeah, what are you asking? Yeah, what am I asking? Going from civilian side to Navy side. Calibration challenges. I don't know. It's a different pace. That's. I haven't done the government side long enough to have a real opinion. Procedure writing. It's, I mean, it's very stringent. It's a lot more, I'm not going to say loose, but it, it is. But um, I think there's a money aspect to it, right? So if you need a procedure fast, you're going to get it fast. If you need it, it, everything's got a price. Right. Right? So let's sit in stone on the government side. Yeah. And it takes as long as it takes because there's a process. Right. And you're not, you can't pay anybody more than what you're paying. Right. How about a deadweight machine on an island or a deadweight machine on a fault line? What are, what are your thoughts? <laughs> are you trying to sell one? <laughs> Someone wants to buy one. Yeah. Would you guys make a, a big, massive deadweight machine? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, we just finished the installation at the Air Force. How big was theirs? 102, 102,000. Holy so, cow. Will you make yeah. one bigger than the one you own? That's my question. Oh, yeah, we'd make one bigger than the one we own. Mm. That wouldn't be a problem. Why? Navy want to beat the Air Force? Is this, is this a competition? Do we, do we want to get a competition going here? So Go 200. <laughs> yeah. Go 121. It's oh, like yeah, the yeah. They, they Nickel and diamond. Right? The pole vaulter Buka, right? Back in the day, he would break it. 
he would get an incentive every time he broke the world record. Uh, oh, you broke a world record, so yeah. He, he broke his own world record 30 times because he would do it one centimeter at a time. I was trying to break the pogo <laughs> stick world record and I failed. I got I got one. Is this for real? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, this is a great one. idea. It's Wait. continuous improvement. So the day I got two, I was really, really, really it's happy. 100% improvement. It's 100% improvement. I could just quit. After I do 100% improvement, you just quit. Like, I did the thing. I did I did two jumps. I was going to say, please tell me this is on film somewhere. No, it's not on film. Oh. But Paul is like an amateur air guitarist. Amateur. This, this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> he is so full. He was a judge, right? Yeah, I judged it. I saw you air guitar, and you're awesome. I thought you were like an official judge. <laughs> you're like critique. <laughs> like, no, you he like holds up a sign. What's that? You can go to competitions. No, I don't go to any comp. Not air guitar. I want to be an air guitar <laughs> judge. Is that a thing? He, I, I, I'm telling you, one time I visited him, he brought up, he's like, you got to check this out. He brought up this whole competition. Of air guitar? Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, okay. I, I, See, it's a I'm secret fantasy that I, I really want to go air Ryan wants to be an air drummer, so we need an mm -hmm. air bassist and an air singer. This is like Guitar Hero Next Level. Yeah, for real. Just, just making fun of it. No, I, we don't want to bore the people out there, so we want to talk about the conference and I guess yeah. measurements. I think this is probably more interesting to people than <laughs> the conference. Than, than uncertainties? Let's talk about uncertainties. Let's talk about contributors to uncertainty. Yeah, right? we'll, we'll really bore the right? uh, 13 people that are listening. The th hi, 13? Hi, Mom. 13 is my lucky number. Hi, hi, Mom. I'd like to give a shout out to my wife and kids. That's four of them. And Ryan's listening himself. That's five. No, I'm sure my wife is listening. Yeah. Ryan's wife's listening. That's six. Joseph's listening. That's seven. So now we have six unaccounted for people. Look at, look at the crowd. See how many are on their phone. How you know many what? are listening? They're not, none of them are listening. It's free beer. Yeah. They could care we, less. You know what's funny, though? It, that the, the period of time from March when, when we stopped the last time to now, our listenership doubled. So even if it doesn't get many live, later on, the, the repeats. The, the whole, the, all, the, all 13 live are like, we heard it first. I was there. I was there. <laughs> I was there live. 2022. <laughs> is this, this is your setup? This is my setup. It goes with you everywhere. This is awesome. It, Ryan takes it with him everywhere. He just podcasts like NCSLI. I want to know what is your upcoming schedule? Because you said you have new episodes coming out. Yeah. I'm super, like, I've been waiting for some nerdy stuff to listen to on my commute. So tell me what we're in store for. Soon. That's it? I don't know. It's like the meme with the cat. Soon. Well, weren't we talking about specific show ideas recently henry well we i know i uh, see we got to get danae powell on the, yep danae yep we're going to talk about guns and ammo uh, well tim guns and ammo. tim over there from msc we're gonna because oh, we're really gonna come on tonight i mean he's tim, over here tim is tim mason we'll get tim mason yeah we, we gotta recruit tim tonight well tim is a, we tim gotta is super a, promote this msc coming up right the MSC, the Measurement when is, Science when Conference. When is the next one? April. So it's in April. It's not in fall. No. Okay, it's in the spring. Yes, so in MS, Disneyland. MSC is in Disneyland? D Disney mm -hmm. proper. Disneyland Hotel. Disneyland Hotel. They spent a billion dollars uh, to make a Star Wars uh, thing. And uh, I think we should get all the metrologists to go out and, and really nerd it out with as uh, stormtroopers and everything else. And 
have, have a good time at MSC. I like it. You guys provided training at the last MMC, MSC, right? Uh -huh, yeah. What did you guys provide then? MSC was also RF and microwave. This last one. The one oh, before okay. was pressure. Are you guys going to do the same thing for this upcoming one? Everybody wants RF and microwave. Now that I it's available. It. Yeah, now that it's available, that's, that's what jam. everybody wants. See, Joseph has changed. Uh, Joe. Did you hear Joseph's sick? Yeah. And, and he, yeah, he said he was run down. I didn't know he was sick. Yeah, he was like green when he left. He trained uh, Ginger over here. Yes. I know. Yep, he was, he's the one who taught me everything I know, um, besides what I, I got from an ICP, but that can only get you so far, right? Right. You didn't learn any of it? No, that's right. You didn't learn much of it in, in the Marine Corps, because so you read MALS. Yeah, so I went to an Air Force Cal Lab, and in my opinion, they expect you to know a lot, and, and it's not all pictures and stuff in the procedure. So I had a big learning curve as a Marine going to an Air Force Cal lab. You're so getting fired. Just stop talking. <laughs> Don't tell it them was, that. It, it was great. Our bosses are listening. <laughs> bosses, are they the six people that we haven't accounted for that they're going to... They're just waiting. They're yeah. waiting? And so. then she just dropped it, and now we're all fired. Thanks. I, You're fired? You're looking yeah. for a job? Yeah. So. Oh. We're, looking, we're always looking for good people. So, yeah. some, <laughs> of us, some of us grew up with the pictures, and I went to the Air Force, and there's no pictures, so oh, there was a Rendoni to sorry. save the day. We're sorry, Navy. She knows not what she's talking about. She doesn't I, I'm, I'm, I'm the exception to the rule, I'll just say. You mean in the IP, IP, ICPs, ICP. the actual pictures? That, yeah. Oh. yeah. Some of us like the pictures. They, like like the you, pictures. you know the... the is it the limp? What is the thing that says face toward this side toward the enemy? Yes. What is Claymore. A claymore. Yeah. Yeah. It says oh. put this side towards the enemy. I'm like, that's mistake proofing and it's prime. <laughs> I like that too. Don't pull this pin. So, hey, that, that brings me to the Marines. So we had the Marines out one day. This is a, this mm -hmm. good story for Marines. And so be careful. <clears throat> What? I'm sitting with three of them. No, the Marines. So, so <laughs> I have the Marines out. We're, we're doing, uh, they're, they're doing some scale calibration. We're helping them out with different adapter interferences with scale calibration. So, uh, in the middle of calibration, it's quite boring, you know, watching calibration. So, we're talking to the sure. Marines, and, and the guy goes, We're talking about stress and situations. He goes, You know what real stress is? And I go, I think you're going to tell me what real stress is. And he goes, it's teaching somebody that doesn't speak English how to throw a grenade. And he said, you pull the pin and you count. And these are live grenades. I said, that beats anything I could ever come up with in my life. That, you know, that is real stress. Like, if the guy's like, I don't understand you. And it's three, four, five. Like, yeah. Yeah. That and then is. throw it, lob it. Yeah. Oh, so, man. yeah. I, so that, 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 that's a great definition of real stress, teaching someone that does not speak English how to throw grenades. So, uh, yeah, I'm good. You're good? You haven't done that, Ryan? No. <laughs> Maybe it Ginger's done that. She's in the core. So. Well, we've thrown grenades, and it was stressful. Because yeah. some of the people I just didn't trust to be able to throw. Right, right. They shut it down for the guys when I went through. Be really? Because one of the, it was so cold when we were throwing grenades, and one of the girls was so cold, she dropped it. Oh. She dropped it, and so the guy snatched wow. her, and they jumped out. It went off. I think he got an award for it, and then they're like, we're done. It's too cold. Like, let's just call it a day, and let me tell you, all of the male Marines 
hated us for the rest of the time oh, yeah. at MCT. They're like, you took away our grenade day. We hate That's you. That, that, was, that was the highlight of uh, training, grenade day. Grenade yeah. day. It kind of was. Or, or <laughs> like the automatic, the automatic grenade launcher, the Mark 19, that one's Oh, fun. yeah. Well, that's different. I mean, but I, I imagine that might be more stressful than teaching someone to throw a grenade because if they turn it towards you. Oh, it's over. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> so we had it to where the, we're doing the Mark 19 and all that. You're telling me to put the microphone toward my face. Swear <laughs> to God. Or put your face towards the microphone. Swear telling to God. Me to talk like tells Elvis. me to put a microphone in my mouth. In Camp Pendleton, they had a coyote come across. Right. And I guess out there it's a farm. I don't know the rules, but all the instructors, everyone stopped. And they're like, what are you doing? Blow that MFR up, you know? And then everybody did, and the coyote did not get hit, right? Yeah. So everybody got in trouble. Right? So fast forward a couple hours later, a buffalo. Like, literally, there's life fire going on. On Pendleton? Yeah. Mm. A, a buffalo comes on starts walking on and they start everybody is firing straight and they start moving see now you're gonna get pita in here <laughs> no the buffalo made it we all got in trouble for aiming at the buffalo okay that tracks too oh yeah buffalo are protected everywhere so so if you do a podcast you don't get the cool mug that everybody else is getting with this uh um the test is that how you pronounce it I don't yeah, know. Test. Mia test. Mia test. Mia test. Dillip uh-huh. okay, Dillip has one. We're gonna bring Dillip on in a. Thanks. Thanks. Hey, thanks for coming on, Paul. We're gonna we're gonna bring Dillip on, the guru of metrology, the guy that sat next to Jeff at Goldblum on an airplane. He's that, here. He's in person. <laughs> Woohoo! That is a myth. <laughs> yeah, we gotta give him myth. applause, right? Yeah. What? That we're not giving you applause for? Yeah. Woo-hoo. Oh, <laughs> There he is, the man, the myth, the legend. So you guys are presenting tomorrow and with Greg, who was on the show. Yep. Um, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun show, right? You guys are gonna be very entertainment early in the morning. Guaranteed to put everyone to sleep. Guaranteed. Ten uh, thirty tomorrow. I'm glad Dillop knows the time. You're gonna talk That's about important. all the things. And uh, we're gonna talk about. CPR for your measurements. It is CPR. Yes. Because no, we thought that it's was story a typo. time with Henry Dillup and Greg. We thought it was CPK. So explain CPR. Well, CPR is just like CPR, cardiopulmonary resuscitation. Wait, 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 wait. Like, like, a, like, yeah. Get the exactly. AD, call 911. That kind yeah. of CPR. But oh. it's really CPK. Yeah. It throws yeah. off. Yeah, and CPK is a really good risk management tool. Oh, it's an excellent tool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You know, we have been uh, looking at uh, TUR, TARs, and all these decision rules that the current ISO standard uh, requires. Yes. But uh, the CPK is based from the control charts that came out in 1933. Walter, 33? 1933. Dillip's hero, like Walter Schuhart. Like almost a centurion <laughs> thing. Yes, yeah. yeah. And uh, this was the CPK, you could look at it as a decision role uh-huh. 
for production back then because that's what the control charts were made for uh, to help make a consistent product. Okay. So it's it's not a new tool, but it is very current in today's environment, and it limits your risk to uh, 2,700. Back then, it was 2,700 parts per million. Okay. So that's that's pretty good risk, mm -hmm. right. and and yeah. you can compare it as a percentage. So it'll be 0.27 percent. Oh wow! Wow! Yeah. 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 But so, we've we've adopted that for metrology, yeah. where uh, about 0.667 CPK is equivalent to K equals two. Yeah. Okay. So, but if you want to go higher, you put your CPK higher. Yeah. And and normally uh, a CPK of uh, 1.33 or higher, that will give you that 0.27 percent. Yeah. That okay. that's on the process. That's not the yeah. metrology derived one that we have that yeah. we're talking about tomorrow. So uh, we're trying to introduce that concept and make it a mainstream thing like the TUR and others, rather than come up with this test value uncertainty or anything like that, mm -hmm. which may or may not apply to all the disciplines. We already talked about that. You, you missed it. Joseph's at home throwing up because uh, the whole resolution discussion. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> So he couldn't make it. He normally co-hosts with Ryan okay. here, and I have to be the the, the lower tier replacement. Okay. Um, There's uh, no we, lower we, tier. He's the substitute. We, 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 I'm we the just substitute. Have to keep, we just no, have to no, keep no one replaces busy. Joseph. Joseph's awesome. Yeah. He's he's just a fantastic guy. We wish him the best. He's listening. He's one of the 13 listeners, maybe 14. <laughs> Ryan's keeping track of the listeners. Here. Oh, we're live. Oh, we're, we're, do we have wow, anyone we want to give a shout out to? Yeah, I let's give tell. a shout oh, out to George. Walter Shuhart because George we love Walter. Yeah. Hi, Dad. So, oh, oh, so the guy who presented us was like a governor DTM four times over, just to say Toastmasters is great. The, the host for our speech today. Oh, Michael! Oh, okay. so, Michael was awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, really I met a fellow guy. Toastmaster. What's a Toastmaster? Toastmasters is a club for public speaking. Oh, so this is a, a thing. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. huge. It's international. Oh. Oh, yeah. So I was Never part heard. of a Toastmasters club in Japan. So I would go with Japanese nationals, and we would. And I think in every country, it is an English. Typically, English. They'll have like the native language clubs, but they have a lot of English-speaking clubs internationally. Um. And they compete internationally, so you will have a winner globally yeah. for the for the annual competitions. But it's just a great public speaking. Um, my dad's huge into it, and our our host, who was what was our host's name? Michael. Yeah, he was a he was a governor DTM. It was yeah, very was, impressive. Oh, yeah, was, okay. Yeah, and he and he was with the. Um, uh, I want to get this. He was not with the metrology. He was with the the test, which was like yeah, not a lot of test guys here, so. It was really nice to have a test person there, and then we had we had a chat afterwards because there's a big and Dillip knows this, Ginger knows this. There's a big disconnect really between metrology and the end user. Yeah. So, right. And it and it's problematic. So out there today, we we Dillip and I attended a learning lab where we heard from Mitatoya um, that we heard about half percent of the end users really do an uncertainty budget. And that's a half of a percent. So 99.5% of the people that 
sell-through on dimensional are not really doing uncertainty. That's what one of the takeaways. Are we talking like machine shop floor? Yeah, we're talking like the end users of, yeah. of a micrometer. Okay. I and, believe it. And 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 Mitotoya makes great product, but the, the, what, what you start looking at and thinking about, and, and Jim DeMar is giving a presentation on uh, counterfeit, because a lot of people now are counterfeiting instrumentation mm. with with you know, you know I. Dillip bought several um, Sonyo. What is uh, what's the Sony counterfeit in uh, Sony? Uh, S S O N I. He uh, he does not. But uh, you know, if you go to if you go to certain places, which I'm sure Ginger and Paul have been to, they have the knockoffs where it's like S O N I. But what used to happen? Uh, I don't know if it's current now, but uh, whoever the subcontractor is overseas. They'll make the genuine brand during the daytime. Right. And at nighttime, they'll switch to the counterfeits. Oh. Yeah. So uh, you don't know, and there'll be just slight differences in the name or anything like that. And it, the look and feel of the whatever instrumentation or electronics device is would look pretty much the same. Where are people procuring it from? Well, since they're procuring, procuring components for the genuine product uh -huh. that they're building for a US-based or European-based supplier, uh -huh. they have all the sources for the raw, raw materials, okay. parts, components. Mm. Okay. So, um, and the design is pretty much the same, maybe just a slight variation, even the printed circuit boards. Right, right. And it's just an I instead so, of a Y. So there is a big, big, market like that and you know certain um, countries it's very hard to patent a product okay China being one yeah where it, it is hard to really patent a product right so it, it is a big challenge for manufacturing um, and uh, and then it gets imported and the customs and uh, enforcement, it's also tough. They can't go and open every package. Sure. Uh, several years ago, I was at the Consumer Electronics Show. Right. And they raided one of the exhibits at the Consumer Electronics Show because they were selling counterfeit products. Wow. Yeah, I remember, you used to work for Vanderlei Industries. <laughs> nice. Uh, he was but, an importer-exporter. Uh, I think that no, joke import, is probably on. people wouldn't even know these days. It's yeah, a Seinfeld joke. Not Seinfeld. Tracking. George Costanza. That's a George Costanza Can't Seinfeld stand reference. Yeah. yeah. You didn't watch Seinfeld? I did not. And for those of you just joining in, this is Ryan hosting today with Henry. Joseph is out sick, and we got Dylan Shaw, Ginger Montez, and, and Paul Detmore sitting off to the side here. So, so Henry, what what has been your your uh, what are you guys presenting at your booth this this uh, this year at NCSLI? Yeah, just uh, the Vandalay industry stuff. You know, you the, had a nice the, green hue. We had a nice green hue, which right? was uh, which was interesting. Was that intentional? And that's what yes, I said. Yes, absolutely. We picked the spot. <laughs> we, You're like, excuse we, me. We we are that precise that we survey everything 
prior to, and we said, this is the right green at this location, at this spot. And uh, I loved it. There's Corey Peters with Exelon. All right, we're live. Do you want to come on? Live? Yeah, come on. Oh, he's coming on. Radio? Yeah. Well, podcast. We, for, Ryan has his 14 listeners listening to everybody live. So, uh, That's, yeah. And, and seven are family. So we got seven, seven fans. Mic'd up and everything. I was a little worried. Yeah, everybody needs to be worried when I'm mic'd up and had three beers. So, but but Hey-o. but Corey's here with Constellation. I said Exelon, so he's he's shooting me a bad look, but he's not. He's really not. So, um, no, yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a good show. Like like you said, you, you're gonna have people that listen to it later that are debating whether they should come to a trade show, and there's a, there's a lot of education. Uh, that can happen here. So, well, one of the things I, I say about this year's NCSL conference, every year I debate like if I should come. Mm-hmm. Why? But when I'm here, I'm, I'm always say I'm glad I came. Yeah. That's right. Because you've done this for so many years, mm. you feel like you know eh, I could skip one, but I'm always glad. Like I, even Henry and I were like debating like. Will this be the last one will come? No, we, we said Orlando next year, uh, July, 8th. July 8th. Yeah, it's in July. July 8th. Wait, is it usually in August, July? No, the, you, the good news... Of, be. Yeah, the, the good news about July is is we'll get the universities back because at the end of August, the oh, universities they're, are they're going in. back. So they're we'll in. have more papers um, and there should be a, a even bigger tur- the, turnout. The, the previous schedule used to be like mid-July. Mid-July, yeah. And now okay. next year so we're July 8th oh, in okay. Orlando. Orlando for family. So people want to come out to NCSLI. They could go to Disney World over the 4th. Come come really, you know. Yeah, that's ed- so smart. Yep. The kids can have fun. And then the parents can have fun at NCSLI. Because everybody just wants to talk about measurements. I mean, that's really what it is. I know. That's my good time. That's that's yours, Ryan. So, of course, you know. Yeah, it's like they should out, provide a they should get a babysitter uh, service with Mickey or something. Yeah, right? Rescue Rangers, Chippendale, <laughs> Dill will babysit if you pay him enough. That would be amazing. Your kids come back smarter than you afterwards. Yeah, yeah. The kids, it's like. Uh, kids come back and the the kids come back and say why don't you give me a statistics book if I go potty daddy (laughs) your mommy (laughs) can I get the metrology handbook (laughs) yeah you know the Welsh Satherweight equation is 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 quite uh, degrees of freedom or or the parents will ask what did you learn I learned how to do standard deviation of the mean and when not to use it. <laughs> yeah. Kids, kids, kids everywhere shame. love it. <laughs> so, so Dillip, when we have Dillip on today, he's he's got a calculator thing going on on his phone today that I I, I, I oh saw. Oh my gosh, he showed it to me. Showed it to Ginger and yeah. Jessica. It's got weird numbers though, right? The numbers are backwards. No, it it uses what's called the reverse Polish notation. <laughs> I don't get it. So the HP calculators, when they came out, the first calculator was the HP 35, and the second was the HP 45. And I got the HP 45. Back then, it cost $495. Oh my goodness. 
but I wanted to have it. And he was the cool kid on the block. All the other kids just said, and oh, my. Yeah, he was Ariana Grande from that in time. Cambridge. And Mike, Mike's here. Mike yeah. Toby's here. Ma- Mike Toby's here, yeah. Yeah. As, as Howard Spader calls him, the father of force. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, Okay, why is it upside down, though? There's a reason why the numbers well, are backwards. The the real calculations that went in computers, they do use the reverse Polish notation because it's more efficient. But we're so used to writing algebraic equations yeah. with an equal sign. Yep. So the traditional calculators have that. But HP always... Uh, came up, when they came up with that calculator, before that, they came up with a desktop design, uh-huh. and then they turned it into a handheld. The HP 35 was the first one, HP 45 was the second one, and the third one was HP 65. HP 65 actually had a programmable magnetic strip. Yeah, we had we had them. We used to use them for proving rings to yeah. do the calculations. So oh. I, I think I gave you one. Wait, no, what that is was it? a sharp. Oh, I gave you a sharp. Oh. Yeah. What is it? It was a magnetic calc. So you program so you it, a and then you magnetic stri- uh, strip with a slot. Uh huh. So whatever you program, you could save it, so you didn't have to type in. So and- so the temperature oh. coefficient on proving rings uh-huh. in the '80s was something that was programmed in. And yeah. the, the technician would slide it in, enter the numbers in, get the roll tape, and be and then do the report and say, okay, I got I started with 23.4, I ended with 23.5, and the deflection was this, and it did the calculation. So this is very 80s technology. That's wonderful, though. So the abacus was around before that, which, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that dillip is... Uh, uh, so, so one time, just before Christmas, I was at Morehouse, and uh, Andrew's dad says, they were cleaning house, yeah. and they had this sharp calculator, same kind of thing, uh, that had a cassette tape in it, stored the programming. So, oh, oh, this was a calibration kit yeah, a la whole, 1980s, right, Mike? The yeah. Mike's here. The, the kit came with a pencil, a calculator, a tape. Um, yeah. So, uh, we should revive that. What's new is old again. You know, yeah. what's old is yeah. new again. Uh, so, no one wants this. No so, one in the so right mind I, wants this. Philip will appreciate this. So, and I was really like, hey, that's my Christmas, <laughs> Christmas gift. So, so I want to know, can either of you or all of you use an abacus? I, I oh, we can, have a special but people in Japan. It's, the, it's a school. Yeah. I, I, so I used to live in Japan, right? And yeah. I would, in fact, way many years back, I would teach kids how to speak English, right? And this was their, like, hobby was to speak English. And then there was some way the hobby, like you said, to do the abacus. And they can add and subtract faster. In fact, yep. I've heard, like, and I've seen on TV, you go buy something at a market, and they'll, like, quickly add stuff up, yep. make the change. That, like instead of spelling that applause bees, was like, for uh, Ginger's uh, use of the abacus. Or lack thereof. Everyone was really happy about that. But you know what I used for calculation before, before slide rules? What's that? The logarithmic tables. Yeah, in the books. 
so you could subtract and multiply using the logarithmic tables. Mm. And the slide rules, the, the regular slide rules will give you two decimal resolution. If you had a really expensive slide rule, it'll give you three decimal. This types. is what Dillip wanted. He asked his parents for for Christmas. It was like <laughs> the Christmas story with the Red Rider BB gun. It was like, I need a slide rule with three decimals. And he was... I never got it. He and never it was, got it. So It used to cost about $450 for Whoa. a good slide rule. Man, that's more than a video game system back in the yeah. day. Do you want to get it? Do you want to get it? Huh? <laughs> we got to recruit somebody. Let's recruit James. Yeah. Ginger's, Ginger's got to go get another, another beer. Let's let's get go get James. I sure will. Yeah, get James. So. All right, bringing which, up a James. Which James? I don't know. We'll pick a James. There's a lot of James here. It's a common name. James we'll, from NPSL, right? James Wagner from NPSL. Yeah. We'll oh, see. Okay. We'll see if he'll he'll he'll. Go. It's yeah, just a can... revolving. It's a revolving. Mike didn't want to come on, so I said, get Mike over there. And uh, Mike who Schwartz? No, right here, Mike. Oh, gotcha. He talked about Abacus's slide rules and three decimal places. You know what we get on? I will get James on. Right, Henry, got, Henry, Henry voluntold you. I voluntold James. We're James live, is, though. James We're live is, though. If you don't want to come on, that's there's, fine. There's I'll, I'll 14 listeners okay. that are like going to love James here. Let's talk about the Doom and the Wolfenstein and the gaming. We're not going to. This is a metrology podcast. What's uh? What's uh? There's a lot of metrology involved. When you clash two bodies, there's physics involved. That's right. And the right programming would give you that uh, the proper action, reaction, right? Yeah. yeah. So. James, do you want to introduce yourself? Well, sure. Uh, so, James Wagner, I'm out in San Diego at the Navy Primary Standards Lab. I'm an SME out there. I uh, kind of do partial of the mechanical area, so a lot of force, temperature, humidity. Uh, pressure, vacuum, and, wow. and I sneak in vibration in there. Awesome. So, yeah, one it of everything. It just sneaks it in. Like, yeah. yeah. I, yeah there's always there's one. You definitely have to, one of them has to be the child you don't care about. <laughs> it is vibration? Yeah. It's a, a humidity, vibration, I guess. It's humidity? We're, oh, we're picking the low fruits. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> what, what ones don't we care about? Yeah. What ones are our least favorite? Yeah. Right? What's your least favorite? Force. No, I love <laughs> I, I love force. Least favorite? Oh my, uh, that's a tough one. Probably, you know, I don't, I, I want to come to your RF class because I know sure. nothing about RF. So that's anytime. Yeah, I want I want to come to that one. So uh, well, least our RF least, is an absolute beginner's guide. My so least favorite is test value uncertainty. I I can second that because we don't <laughs> need to create another ratio. Rebranding TAR? Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, this is just like, if you can't meet the TUR, just take out the, uh, the contributors until you can meet it. You don't that's do that? That's the way to do that's that. A, that's the way you do everything. Just just pull it out. I don't like it. Gone. <laughs> Gone. Hey, from the Navy, just make another acronym within another acronym, and we'll be good. Brother Maynark would uh, disagree with this. So. Who? Uh, the keeper of the holy hand grenade. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. So, James, what brings you to the conference? Do you come to every, every uh, NCSLI? Well, I don't have my badge because it totally, oh. it totally outs me as a first-time visitor oh, really? to this uh, to this conference, which um, one of, you know, we typically get out to MSC because it's local. We're down in San Diego. We can get up there. We see some of the same faces up at MSC, but um, I've advocated for us to get up to uh, NCSL. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, you got you have to space the I because it's a little I, right? <laughs> it's like NBC. Yes. Wait, C S L I. Higher, NBC. One more time. But it does bring me. We've advocated to get out here, which is hard for us right now, just funding and getting time and stuff like that. But the value that I've had out here has just been tremendous as a first time out here. It's like a. It's not first time caller, first time viewer, or anything like that. It's first time conference, first time absorb. Right. Yeah, and just the interactions for some people that can't make it out to the West Coast to uh, uh, MSC, mm -hmm. I've got to interact with. And just, I've learned so much. I got to meet Henry for the first time. I, I got a, to meet I James. Know, I'm privileged to meet James here. <laughs> no, yeah. I think the yeah. privilege is heavier on, on my end. Um, I know him by email and amazing writing from everywhere that I, I see. And with the funniest titles. I, I pay I need him. you to I title things for me. Uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> I'm a I, I own a beer. I own a uh, beer. Free beer. <laughs> I'm definitely, free beer on me. Yeah, I'm definitely a plant here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did run up to him with a, a, a note page of questions, and I'm like, I have questions. And, oh, by the way, I'm James. And, and I just started firing off, and smiles, I think, ended up on both of our faces. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I told people, I said, Here's here's a person that came, read everything and came with informed. That's so rare. Yeah. Like that you get that call. For real. And you and you talk to somebody in person. I was like, I, I'll talk to James for days, and you know he'll 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 pass out first. I mean, that's just. <laughs> that's that's probably happen. will. You know, I'm still still rook here. I'm still rook, but um, but I've always had this perspective. There, there's a, a a person I interacted with at Fluke, which I think you might know, Casey Rombots. Casey yeah. Rombots does uh, flow calibrations there. And he's such a good resource. And when I first started NPSL, I worked at the Flow Lab, and I got to own those four walls. Those walls were mine, and I wanted to absorb every bit in there. And Casey was such a good resource, I made this joke to him, and I called it the monkey paw. Uh, the monkey paw is you only get a certain amount of witches, and every time you make right. a wish, the finger curls in, right? Ah, okay. So okay. every time I tell him, I ask him a, a really important question, or I call him up on the phone, I'm like, I'm using one of my monkey paws, questions and it's going to curl a finger back because oh, no. I'm like, hey, we're talking about mole blocks and I, are, I found this really weird thing. I've done all this stuff and I, I do and I try to bring everything that I've done, like the 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 Dell check, right? Is it turned on? Yeah, I, I turned it on and reset it the computer. Like I got past the first three or four steps to say before I get here because I, I treat that as such a good resource. Not like he's always happy to talk. But I never want to come to somebody and say, I haven't tried this stuff yet. Right. And just yield and show the tender belly and say, <laughs> oh, just help me here. Because you're going to learn in that process to try to get to that point. And you're definitely going to ask questions that you've already kind of generated from that action in your own self. So. Right. So yeah. did you work at the old flow lab or the new one? I, I had the privilege of being in both of them. Okay. The one that used to have the sign that said this building is may contain asbestos. And I want to scratch out. It says it is asbestos, but I was in the old full lab. You could confirm that. Yeah. No, well, no, yeah. <laughs> Had the best view, but I'm pretty sure it took some time off. The time off the ticker for that that building. I, I used to like the Y12 
people. Like they'd say, like things are dripping here. Ted Dorian used to say some great things. So, so miss Ted at these conferences. So it, hopefully someone out there knows Ted Dorian, this dimensional uh, person. So you used to come by and, and he'd sit at the NIST booth and you're like, Ted, what are you doing? He's like, I'm trying not, I'm trying to see how many people I can directly look at that won't look at me and I'm doing a statistical sample of that because they don't want to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> what was the result? Uh, yeah, I, I don't, Ted was a character. I mean, Ted, one time I'm presenting and it was, uh, I, did a, I did a presentation on risk and, and Ted's in the audience and he's like, I'm leaving before your presentation and go, I go, well, why are you leaving? And he goes, uh, I, I decided it was better to have a root canal than hear another presentation on risk. Oh, and wow. I just laughed. That's Ted. <laughs> Ted is hilarious. I thought that was a, like one of the one of the better things. And he goes, No, I'm really going to have a root canal. I came here to present. I'm going to go have a root canal before you before you talk. And I, I so I love Ted. My That's my awesome. first exposure to Ted was. Uh, I was at the MSC in 1994, and it was after lunch, and I said, what session should I attend? So I'm like scanning the halls, and I hear this laughter coming from this room. I said, I gotta attend this session. And there was Ted explaining about measurement uncertainty using different paper tapes. He had photocopied, and explaining that, and people were falling off the chairs. Oh man! So, uh, so, 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 so Ted's goal in life, I think, was to win the Ig Nobel Award, and this is like the least significant contribution to science. Uh, some of the papers have been included: is a cat a solid or a liquid? <laughs> so I think so, Reddit answers that more than enough times. Yeah, so I love so, it. so 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 Ted goes to one of these and he's telling me all about it and he's saying they get a little girl, uh, people people receive an award and they get a little girl to stand up there and be like, Oh man, you're boring me. Sir, you're boring me. <laughs> and it's like the whole time and it's uh, you know, a bunch of super smart people in their field and, and Ted was just one of those realists like you know, NIST spent millions of dollars, what was it, millions for their lab for temperature control, and, and Ted had a bunch of interns, and he gave them each $20 and told them to buy fans. So, and they put the fans in the dimensional lab, and, and the proof was that, yeah, fans work just as well as millions of dollars. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one summer, it was his experiment in this 0.02 degrees Celsius environment. Wow. Uh, and $20 and Walmart fans were, you know. And the, he had them the, blowing in all different directions. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. So, so an internship with Ted would have been fun. Uh, yeah. He's, he's greatly missed at these conferences for sure. So he, he brought some levity, and, and he really brought uh, really an understanding um, guy in, in the sense that he would, he would present something, and he goes, you know, when I started this, I really didn't like uh, uncertainty of R and R, and when I finished it, it's like I think this is the only way to make a you know measurement uncertainty budget. So it's it just great presenter, and and, and truly uh, wish wish there were more people uh, of his caliber uh, here presenting. Yeah, sometimes when I hear about all these past shows and some of the uh, the people in it, I wish I would have been able to go to a lot of those. I'm I'm like you. This is my second second year, so it's. 
It's uh, twice as much as me. Yeah, and it's he's, disappointing, he's, isn't it? It's disappointing to me that I just didn't even know about it before before starting the school and meeting all of you that told me about it. You know, right. So I mean, get out there if you can get out there, and if you can't, you know, there's other ways, right? We, we, we need to get people out here. We need to get people out uh, more involved. We need to get the test industry out here. Um, a lot of people in the test industry, there's a disconnect between metrology and testing, and we need to, we really need to, as a society, we need to bridge that gap because that's where the world becomes safer is when we get the test people. Uh, the, we're all making the measurements, but we don't know the end result of these measurements, and the test people know the end results of the measurements, and they're not providing that feedback back to us, and that, that needs to happen. Uh, if we're pa if we're going to pass risk to them, uh, they need to tell us. I don't want to take your risk, or they need to tell us. Yeah, pass it to us. We're going to do our own uncertainty analysis. But it's not happening now, and it's getting worse. Uh, there's there's newer people that are coming into metrology, newer people that are coming into testing, and in general, uh, I don't think a lot of the people realize what they're taking from certain labs. So let me give you a little bit of background on the testing side. Uh, when the, the WIM came out in 2007, they redefined the definition of metrological traceability. Mm. And what that did to the accreditation community, and especially the accredited testing labs, was the requirement for measurement uncertainty wasn't as much, you know, enforced for testing labs. It was, but it was pretty inconsistent. But what that did was because you had to have uncertainty to claim metrological traceability, a lot of Already accredited labs got written up for not having uncertainty budgets for their testing parameters. Mm. And uh, uh, so this was back uh, when ILAC P10 came out in 2010. And what they do is anytime they come out with a new document, there's a grace period. Like when 1705 2017 came out, you had a three year grace period to adopt to the new standard. So with this ILAC P14, labs had one year grace period to meet the requirements. And uh, so I have actually been uh, teaching measurement uncertainty to a lot of accredited testing labs. Mm. Uh, and uh, so, but there's still a lot of work to do because when I teach, the measurement uncertainty for testing labs, there is all kinds of uh, things they don't understand in the calibration report they get of the items, the equipment they have to use, uh, accredited calibrated equipment. Right. So it's, it's a big challenge understanding uh, what you get with an accredited report. And, if you don't understand that, it could still you could still get an accredited calibration, but you may not have the uncertainty evaluated correctly. Mm. So 
and, and then that feeds into these new requirements for uh, making statements of conformity. Right. Because if you don't, if you under-evaluate or over-evaluate uncertainty, that's... Over-evaluate high PFRs, yeah. under-evaluate high PFA. And, and your um, guard band will increase or decrease yep. because of that. So, so, what do you think would motivate getting someone from the test industry into, uh, like, what's the motivation to connect it to? Because there's no motivation now, right? Like, you kind of talked about bad happening. Yeah, I think, I, I think you, you get some failures happening. But James asked a great question. It's uh, we, a lot of conversations today uh, regarding this, and a lot of companies do not understand this. They just say, hey, we'll just recall this product. And it's millions of dollars, and they're not tracing that back to the measurement, right? So as far as metrology goes, they're just saying, eh, it's the way we've always done business. We'll just pull it back. But if they make a better measurement, uh, they put a, you know, they have different grades of chips on boards and they do this and that. Um, if you're putting chips on boards and the ones that are just just perfect are selling for $1,000 and the ones that are slightly, eh, maybe, are $500, there's a lot of money that's there. Um, there's a lot of money that's there if you can get more A-type boards than B-type boards. Um, but a lot of people that are in companies just, it's the way it's always been, it's how it's been. I think, I, I don't know if I said it on your podcast, Ryan, or not, but I was, I was, I was, I was really excited. I, I, I went to this, uh, one of my first Six Sigma classes, I went there and the guy's like doing, uh, the, the company's doing rubber testing. And I said, uh, the one guy said, I have a handheld force gauge. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. We can help this company. I said, and I talked to him. I said, do you think about taking it, sending this into us for calibration? And they said, no. And I said, why is that a no? And the guy said, I had to pull so many hairs to just get them to buy this item. Before that, we had a guy that was biting the rubber samples. <laughs> to test them. And I said, you got to be kidding me. And, I, and he, he looked at me like, nope. And I'm happy to have something besides somebody physically biting the rubber samples. Uh, and I worked in that industry, so I can attest to that. You bit the rubber samples? What? Yeah. Before? <laughs> yeah, he did. Like, yeah. No, no, this is like the NASA guy that used to smell the stuff before it goes up in space to make sure it didn't have too much. <laughs> no, before they, uh, we, Monsanto Instruments, made the instrument to test the the, the rheological properties of rubber. That's how when you made a rubber sample to make tires, somebody beat on it to say, yep, that's the right formulation. So when it cures, it's hard enough for the tread of the tires. They have a special taste for it. I, I, I don't, it's we not me, I'm, I'm not chewing rubber. And, I mean, and, that's and a remember, back uh, then, Phillips forte. Benzene was used quite heavily uh, to make tires, because benzene is the substance that will dissolve rubber. This is only getting oh. better. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, the longer we go, and Dillip doesn't drink, so he's not had anything. Ryan doesn't drink. James and I are drinking. Cheers. So cheers. Well, the right. previous guests were drinking as well, so. and, and they laughed because they wanted to drink. More. They actually, yeah. It's an open bar. Where are we at again? Hop and Sting in Hop and Sting in, in Grapevine, Grapevine Texas. Texas. 
Yeah, I was going to say, uh, biting the rubber is an acquired taste. Like, we're in a brewery br broadcasting, like the Beer Master, you know, they... Oh, the Beer Master? You're, yeah, you're, they have you're to going... Yeah, you go to, like, the it. local Firestone, and you're like, oh, that's a great, you know, 80, 20, you know, soft <laughs> yeah. tread, you know, you're yeah. like... I was looking for more like a 14-inch rim, though. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm looking for more friends on Untapped, so I'm, uh, I'm checking in my beers. If, if there are more beer, you know, metrology people out there, it's Hank 527. So, uh, I will be oh. guilty of this, but I can't wait till you come to San Diego. I will treat you well. Oh, every yeah. I want to go to I want to go to Russian River, but that's not in. Yeah. That's, Where would you uh, take I'll go. With, I'll go. I'll, I'll take the plane up to Russian River with James him. and I are going to Russian River. I will get oh. Pliny, Pliny the Pliny Pliny the Elder. Pliny the we'll younger? go for with the Pliny the Younger, the once a year uh, release. I February. still haven't chased that dragon yet. It, you know, sometimes things get too mythical. <laughs> I had it. You had it. Is it mythical? Is it? It. He, here's the story. So, for the listeners out there, I think this is a pretty good, funny story. Uh, I'm 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 in business groups. I you know I uh, I, I do some other things uh, with people, and the one guy told me I have a six pack of of, of Pliny the Younger, and I said, uh, "How'd you get that?" He goes, "Well, funny story. One of the ex CEOs of Microsoft." He's got a lot of money, and he retired, and he decided he would stand in line for me for three hours and chip me a six-pack. And I go, and I go, well, how do you know this guy? He's like, he was one of the best men at my wedding. I was like, okay. Um, and he goes, well, you're a good friend of mine. I'm going to give you a bottle. And I'm like, don't forget. And this is this is one of those, like, seriously, don't forget. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you're not going to forget this. This is not like a blanket promise, right? So we meet up, and, I, and, and I'm busy this day. I have, I have prior commitments, and we meet up, and I'm like, there's no way I'm missing getting a bottle of this. So I said, I have a bottle of West Lettering 12, which is brewed, brewed by uh, Belgian monks. I'm going to bring you one of this for this. And I said, don't forget, because if I get there and you don't have it, I'm going to be very disappointed. So I got there. We, we exchanged beers. And uh, everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, this is the most prized possession. It's like a Gretzky trade. It's, it's like, almost the yeah, like same thing yeah, as a Gretzky trade. It's like when trade. Gretzky went to the Kings from the Oilers. Yeah, uh -huh. James is a big hockey fan. So Nice. But, but, but when Gretzky went to the Kings to the, uh, from the Oilers, that, that, that's about the equivalent, uh, here. About the equivalent of getting a, a play. And it was so good. I'm like, oh, man. And I almost wait. Rob is here. Rob Kanaki is here. He's president of NCSLI. I almost waited for him, and then I'm like, eh, I can't wait. So explain why it's so good. Like, what and they brew it once a year, and it's only available at the brewery, and you have to wait in hours of wait. And the reason this is this one was so special is because we have a, a person that's making a lot of money a year as an ex CEO of Microsoft. <laughs> standing in line who got the six-pack who shipped it over so that just makes it even better i've never heard of a six-pack i literally was going to ask him was his friend bill gates because that's about the only one that could afford that's a six-pack and have pole to even do that uh usually like no he was high he was high up in microsoft yeah. so it's, I mean, he knows he knows bill gates which is fun i don't know this guy but uh, i know the guy who knows the guy but yeah, i'm not going to train that most it's people like, settle for one. it's like space balls my brothers, sisters, roommates, <laughs> cousin. <laughs> you could quote everything from that movie and be in my happy space for all day long. It was, so, actually was the first quote I put when I how, first joined NPSL. Yeah, they how, did they did an employee uh, orientate or an employee like welcome to right. And uh, the quote section I had to sit there for 
an hour and think, and I'm like, space balls. We're combing the desert. Find anything yet? <laughs> I chose the better one, which is evil will yeah, always all, win. They're all carrying oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. I did choose the evil will always win because good is dumb. <laughs> which uh, I'll take any Mel Brooks movie. I, I, I'm sorry. It's Lord Helmet. Yeah. yeah. I started watching History of the World again. So that those that are younger that haven't seen History of the World, it's a pretty funny movie. It's like uh, it, it starts off with the, the dawn of man. And then it goes to the art critic and, and everything. But uh, the funny part is uh, Moses comes down and uh, and God gives him 15 commandments and he accidentally dropped one. So he's like, and God gave me these 15 commandments. And then one drops, and God gave me these 10 commandments. So we're all missing the other five. I think they were all about metrology and that's what we missed. Yeah, that's we why we're so that. lost. Thou shalt have uncertainty. Thou shalt have uncertainty. Thou shalt include the resolution of the unit under test. Boy, that would solve. Oh, and thou shalt go to NCO. That'd make things a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> then somebody can't argue you can't use the resolution. It's in, it's in the commandments. I yeah. mean, I think that's. I think there were 15 and those five that were dropped. Were... It could be St. Dillip, by the way, also. St. Dillip? <laughs> so we're going to say him? I have to come up with the five commandments of metrology. Five commandments of metrology? Yeah. Thou shalt make thy mistake and live with it. Ah, that's, that's a good first start off the book. Yeah, everybody makes mistakes, so it's it's okay. Yeah. You're 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 making measurements. It happens. Well, well, it's, it's thou a world shall of... consider the resolution of UUT. That's number two. <laughs> so, well, who absorbs the risk? Or like, thou shall consider who absorbs thy risk. Thou, thou shalt consider thy customer's risk. <laughs> yeah. Thou shalt not create any more acronyms like TVU. <laughs> Test value insert. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, I'm numb to acronyms. Let's be real. <laughs> For real. So, so, yeah, we can talk. So, so here's what happens. You, you know, there, there's a great book for those that are out there that like talking about books. It's, um, it's uh, words that work. It's, it's not what I say. It's what people hear. And you go to these conferences, and you in and you're not familiar with with metrology, and you do a takeaway, and someone's clearly saying something, but someone else is taking away something else, and that there's a disconnect there, and it happens all the time. And I started this, and I, I said it. People took away from one of the one of the lectures today that uh, yeah, resolution just shouldn't be in an uncertainty yeah. budget, so which which never said. So one of the things a lot of conferences do is they have guidelines for speakers. And one of them is in your abstract, you have learning objectives, you have learning outcomes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times what I will do is at the end, these are the takeaways. So there's no misinterpretation. Yeah. These are the learning outcomes we discussed. So it's always a good idea to include that. For the same scenario that happened at this morning, everybody came up with a different right. outcome, learning right. outcome from that, which reflects poorly on whoever presented it. Now, I didn't, I didn't understand. I didn't know when you told me earlier that it was a blanket statement too, to what? not include. No, the, the, the statement that was made on when you do a test, the resolution should not be considered in a test, and a conformity just pass-fail test. What, what someone came to me afterward and said, 
oh, you include the resolution in your uncertainty budget? And I said, absolutely, it's a requirement to include it. But they took away something completely different. And that's mm. that's uh, Frank Lutz's book, uh, Words at Work. And right. it's, it's, it's really difficult because we all make sense when we talk. It sounds clear as day to me. You know, I know what I'm saying. Same here. Uh, but somebody else picks up something and interprets it different, and it's not what we our intent was to say. So right. that's, but the that's other thing saying. is, when you use words like test, and you don't specify what it means in the context, yeah, it, 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 it can mean a lot of things uh, from different industries. So you can't use those kind of things in a learning lab where you, the, the idea of a learning lab is for the attendees to take away something that makes things clearer. And if you don't achieve that objective and you confuse the audience, then you've defeated the idea of the learning yeah, lab. Yeah, and it's tough, yeah. it's tough, because it was a, it was a very good presentation, yeah. lots of energy, everything else good, but the takeaways weren't Weren't weren't, yeah. weren't, weren't, weren't weren't they needed to be for everyone? Gotcha. And, so. and you know, it it comes with experience. Yeah. Everybody starts first time. Everybody's nervous when they teach. Sure. Yeah. But as you get better, and that's where things like Toastmasters that we talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That those are all the skills. If, if you're in the learning business, uh, you you need to develop as a presenter, as a teacher, as an educator. It's a muscle, for sure. It's yeah. tough. It's mm -hmm. really tough, because the gauge, you could have nine out of 10 people that are right on with you, and that 10th that person's lost. Yes. And then you, you, you go out of it, and you're like, if only I would have said this or this. So. I'm my worst critic. Like today sure. I presented and I'm, I'm there like, oh, I wish I would have said this. Someone came up to me afterwards and said, what about camaraderie? And I said, I thought I covered that with the, a rowing example. So what, what basically um, talking about is when everyone's rowing in unison, you go further faster. Right. Right. And uh, someone came up and asked about, you know, in our organization, we really have that camaraderie. And I'm like, that's really a cool thing. So I took that. I'm like, damn, I wish I would have like talked about that. I thought but it was really good. Me too. So I, I have a lot. Um, I was really in touch into your presentation because um, one thing, especially in our environment now, is what you started off with right away was it's not the money. Money is a requirement. We work oh, for yeah, money. We, a hierarchy of needs needs to be met. But, You're not going to. Yeah. So we're all good with that. Yeah. So what? makes you different. And I come from the government, right? So the first thing I say is I don't work for the government for money. Right. Because you don't. But what, so what sells you there? What gives you that camaraderie or that group and stuff like that? And our organization at, at, at the primary lab is really a good team thing. One of the things I tell when I try to get new people with me and stuff like that is we win together and we lose together. Mm -hmm. Right. And that is one of the strongest things. But your rowing example, the reason it touched base with me, is because honestly, one it could take one rower to to make that inefficient. Yeah. Right, so spinning in a circle. It, well, spinning in a circle, exactly. Or that, that it takes twenty power to overcome that one power. Yeah, but right. we definitely have 
an organization that is instilled on that. Like when you see people that we're already passionate people, but like that exist outside of just coming in from eight to five, the things that where we go out of our ways to make sure the the it's not just uh, hitting a button, printing a report, and sending it off. There's right. so much more passion that comes with that. But right. but to find that is hard. And, right. and what you sell there, and, and when you try to bring someone on your team, is about somebody who kind of embraces those mentalities. That's not just there to be like, how much overtime can I get? Right. It, it really makes a huge difference. And, and I, I'm so passionate about it, I'm actually protective about it. Yeah. Like, I feel like yeah. uh, I get all papa bear about it, and like, we gotta be like this, so. Yeah, it makes a difference, right? Oh. It's, it's a huge difference. What you, we're more than just putting a sticker on something for someone to say, yay. It's true, mm -hmm. but we're also, I think, I feel that we're, as metrologists, are very unique people. That, oh, absolutely. That, but we all are in that same vector. We're, we're wired a little, come on, everybody yeah. that's out there listening and it's going to listen, we're all wired just a little different. Yeah. You get excited for the same things and I won't judge you for them. <laughs> right. But that, yeah, when we add all of us our some vector, we are a powerful force when we're in that direction. Yeah. But when, when yep. somebody brings that other vector to it, it will take you off course, off path, maybe even in the negative direction. And you got, you got to be real with that. Absolutely. You know, if you're not, it's not about efficiency because that kind of. Uh, you can't. You can't go like I need you to do. Yeah. James, you need to do 21 no. units today, or you're going to get no writer. What you like to see is is somebody like when I get a newer engineer about owning those walls. You're going to be in the lab. I have five. You know, I was like five labs because I forget the last one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I want you to own the walls. You're the expert in here now. I, many times I've opened up a manual, got to the first page, and someone asked me, like, do you know about this? I'm like, I opened up the manual. You're the expert now. <laughs> but that's the same thing, I think. And we, the, the true metrologist really absorbs that. And, yeah. and we take it and run with it. And you see that spark, and you're like, you're one of us. And then the questions come, right? Because standards the committees don't write, do not write the best standards. Nope, 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 nope. And there's some interpretation that always needs to happen. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been on them, and um, I mean, you're just mashing a bunch of people together to try and accomplish something, you know, once or twice a month. Yep. And it can get hard to, to maintain that. It can be hard to get agreement. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and when we're going for, you know, and, and when we develop programs and everything, you've been through this with us. Well, you, yeah. Yep. We can actually move forward with things because we don't have to have, I mean, we go through peer review to make sure that we're not mistaking things, right? Right. But, you know, in, in a certain aspect, you have to break things down to the beginner level to welcome them in, to yes. welcome them in, and then give them a way to progress, you know? You, you enable them. You give them, you, you, you never start day one like, okay, go. You're just going to, no. You're right. going to, day one, you're going to calibrate 20 thingamajiggers <laughs> and no. uh, 10 whatchamacallits. <laughs> Well, you, you've seen someone brand spanking new with gauge blocks or something, you know, and it's kind of like, like, you know, they're they're handling them like they're, you know, Dylan breakable likes to bring them together and keep them that way. I don't like them either. It's too fun. <laughs> they it, did that's that magic, the, by the way. <laughs> they did that in the, when I went through the first time the Marine Corps uh, school, one of the instructors left some together. And yeah, you can't get I was I was at a machine shop one time that they were bu building tank parts. And I'm like, 
how do these go together? And like, we just slide them together. And they were both flat surfaces. I was like, that's wild. <laughs> that's crazy. Well, yeah, I didn't know that. I, I was in the lab. <laughs> so, Brian, you were in the class also, that the presentation that was provided by Mary yes. today, yeah, right? Yeah. Do you remember your boiling frog example? Oh, the boiling frog, What yeah. was your final point was they will know, right? People will know. So, so, but, so for people listening, give examples it's like there, there's a there's a story of a of frog they, they they're not gonna if you put a frog in a pot of water or bugs bunny because i always like bugs bunny <laughs> and you slowly cook up the temperature that they'll boil themselves you know they'll, they'll die because they won't realize but in truth the frog's going to jump out and if you put a frog in boiling water it's going to try to jump out it may succeed or may not but at the same it's either way it's mean but um, but the frog, the, if you have a warm water and you get it hotter and hotter, the frog's going to jump out. So the, the people that think that, oh, we can just put our objective forth and not tell people and just slowly, like, creep up, that, no, your team members are going to say, hell no, this isn't cool. And uh, so I, I was telling everybody today, the things that I didn't tell everybody, um, I, think, I think I said some things, but... We, we got to a point of total open organ. We share every financial with every employee. Like they see the P&L, where, where I think we're weak is I think we need to educate them more on what the P&L means. Sure. Um, but, but some people understand it, some people don't, and that's what we wanna, we wanna start edu- more education uh, because it's, it's all good. You get right? such a buy-in. Like, like, um, it, it, it's a, it goes back into that whole we. It's a we. We are this. It's, it's right. a we. Like, yeah. If, if everybody leaves today, you don't have a company, right? It's, it's. You have processes. You have a name, uh, though. It's, it's all based on that team and that, that culture that is set on how you handle things. And Identity it, is another thing. Identity it's, is a huge thing, and it's the values. Like, what are your values? Ours are promote a positive customer experience, raise the standard, um, own your actions, uh, speak your truth with an open mind, trust the team. If you notice, P-R-O-S-T, it spells prost. Not, <laughs> not, not. I got it again. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Clean. And then, and then we have a sixth one that's have fun with a um, have fun get stuff done. So I, I, I say that at the end because I like the pros, the cheers, which kind of correlates to have fun. Yeah. And we didn't try that. Um, we we said we need really to have a positive customer experience. We need to raise the standard. We need people to own their actions. We need people that are going to come and speak their truth with an open mind. Because if you don't do that, right, we want everyone to be heard. And then the, the, the team one is more aspirational, right? We're not there yet. We want to get there. So anybody we hire, we want to be a team player. We what don't do you, want the me attitude. What do you guys think about camaraderie inside of our, our own industry? I think I, think I can ask. So, so for those that are listening out there, this is one of the coolest things. I, now I know James, I know you, Ryan, I can ask anyone at any time for help, and I know they're gonna, I know I can run something by them, and I know it's reciprocal. So I think it's quite awesome when you start doing the face-to-face and start meeting people and getting to know them. I know Dillip and I talk every week, and in about a half an hour it's metrology, another half is like, you know, what's good on TV. Seinfeld and, quotes. You know, 
No, it's not all Sonic quotes. <laughs> Only so, the soup Nazi. So, <laughs> Only the soup Nazi. So, so for you, you missed birthday, early on. You'll have to listen to the rebroadcast and hear earlier. Uh, oh, were, I've seen it, I believe. Uh, well, they, yeah, they oh, were. Ooh, Ginger was confused. So You're going to have to get Ginger up to Oh, date. she's so, cultured. That we call culture. So the right. one they thing didn't have it in Wyoming. Camaraderie <laughs> is also, uh, sometimes they forget about mentoring. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And mentoring is so important. Oh yeah, next generation. You could, you, could yes. you know, set somebody out that's brand new. You need to have that mentoring, that hand holding. Yes. And sometimes you forget that. And a, and a person with years of experience come in, but they're gonna work in your environment, your culture, and you need to mentor them in the environment. And the culture. It's, so I come. I'm a younger cut here. I I, I am. So I've I've only been in astrology for six years. Oh, that's not, that's good. Yeah. So six years, but I, I'm younger um, in that sense that um, trying to mentor now, even in my position, like is a, a strong thing that I I, I do love. Uh-huh. Um, earlier we had talked about training. Yeah. MSC was the first time I tried to do. I, I did a back to basics course for pressure and for flow. And flow is my happy space, right? That's my warm, cozy blanket that I put over me, and it's a safety space. Easy to talk about. Pressure was a little bit different. But you're right. That first time, for Dilip, as Dilip said, was you're nervous. Like, I got up there. I'm like, okay, um, uh, uh, flow. So flow is moving stuff, I believe. And, and you stutter all over kind of things. But that mentoring part, like, when you get into that passion, it's easier to go, and that's when you forget about anybody listening, because yeah. sometimes you're just speaking and people are listening. So, well, you know, I I was an instructor at the schoolhouse, and every time we get in a new class, you always get that, you know, first day jitters, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Just just as you get started, and then once once you get, you know, that first joke, you know, Henry, did you, when you were up up there, you had that first joke that gets a laugh. It's like, okay, I, I I'm I'm rolling. <laughs> oh, up. I don't care anymore. Right? <laughs> the, the one time. The one time I presented was was so great. I'm like, so I followed a person from NIST, and they gave an awesome presentation, just just stellar. And I said, this is like backwards. I, I said, you guys just the 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 whole committee just got Elvis, and now Herb Albert <laughs> is coming on, and I didn't bring my Tijuana brass. And and about three people in the audience laughed out of like sixty, and I'm like, that's awesome. That's it was just for me only. It was like three out of sixty win, oh. right? So so it's just you gotta have fun. Like you you come out, you have fun, just just the group. Like, we all help each other. So, you know, Dillop's helpful, Greg's helpful. Every, everybody just wants, in general, like, a lot of people want the same thing is just to promote good measurements. Right, well, and Dillip? I think a lot I mean, of people that's... see the, the, the struggles, you know, in general in the industry. Everyone sees it. Right, and you have to have fun. Like, you know, it's too... But that's this the only is way we're going to get more people in. This topic is way... Like, measurement uncertainty is dry. You start talking about conformity assessment, it's dry. Decision rules are dry. Well, I started doing auditing last year, so... Yeah. Oh, my God! <laughs> dry. Dry. So, but if you can make it fun, it, it, people can learn, uh, and, and they can have fun during it. it it's it's not... Yeah. A, it, it doesn't have to be dry. It, it doesn't... And, and, and not to too quickly interrupt, but auditing 
from the Navy perspective is me getting out to the other labs. They are my customer. Yeah. So it, auditing is like, hey, my name's James. I'm from the Navy Primary Lab. Like an outreach. We do stuff like that. And how can I do better for you guys? Like, I'm here to audit, but like, audit is just, we're, we're going to check everything that we can do as an auditor. That's cool and stuff like that. But by the way, here's a face now. <laughs> I want to do better for you. Like, right. You know, yeah. I tell some of the, our, our younger, when I first started there, that, um, that finishing the calibration is not the job. Like, at the end of the day, you, 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 you push stop on the, the machine or, or whatever system, but the ROC, that the information that you've produced is the real thing. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that it's like you forget about sometimes. And yeah. like wanting to get that out there is me getting my face in there. So, yeah, sorry. For, to, for calibration, the, the report is the product. That's it is. That's your final product. That's good, yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, Jim mentioned auditing, internal auditing. I love doing internal auditing because when you do internal auditing, that's what's called the first party audit. Mm -hmm. uh, there, you are allowed to give suggestions for improvement. Yeah. And, and I get a lot of satisfaction. I'm not there just to write a finding against a requirement. Except I for could. when he comes to Morehouse. <laughs> he wants the debate. He wants a challenge. <laughs> of course, you could have like healthy discussions because yeah, you're gonna sometimes get a feedback. What's wrong with this? And yeah. and then you know you you have to be objective, obviously. But as much as auditing is objective, we're all humans. Right. There'll be some subjectivity in that. So it's good to have that challenge. It is, yeah. Then you could see their viewpoint, and sometimes you say, you know what, you're right, there's another way to look at this. So it's, it's a two-way learning process. Even when you're teaching, mm -hmm. it's really a two-way learning process. Mm -hmm. Because I always get something out when I teach. Yeah. And I say, you know what, I'm going to include this in the next class I do. Well, we just finished that RF and microwave section, and Joseph and I both agreed yeah. we need to present it, we need to do it, and get responses and questions and see what's unclear, see yeah. what the challenging aspects are for people. Yeah. So, um, so you know, and, and when I talked about mentoring, um, that's also the same thing because uh, when you're mentoring something, you're mentoring it from your viewpoint, but then when you have that interaction with the mentee, yeah, then... Uh, Very it, relative. It's relative. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're, I think we need to bring Corey Peters on. Well, I'm going to tap out then. James is tapping. James, you're coming on, Corey. So, well, James, maybe maybe we can have you on as a solo guest sometime. I'd love to chat with you more. That'd be great. Um, you know, we'll organize something. I really appreciate just having me over here. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, it's a great conversation. Great company uh, for being, like I said, first time at NCSI. If you're able to make MSC, we're going to try awesome. and do one there as well. James is awesome. We're bringing Corey Peters on from... Thank you guys. Hey, thanks. He's thanks. Coming, thanks. Corey's coming over. Okay. He's going to talk. Metrology. Things. Constellation power. 
Thanks. Here's your headset. So, so, so we're so bringing Corey, Corey Peters on, who, who writes uh, Christmas uh, poems, uh, and he's going he's gonna to share one to put all your kids to, to bed tonight. He prepared to, one just for today. Today, <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, I don't know if I had one prepared, but uh, let me see. Uh, so it was the night before Christmas, and all through the lab, uh, the creature was stirring. Uh, Not even a dillop. Not even a dillop. <laughs> I actually did write a... Uh, you did, I know, I, that's what I did it's write like. that and send it out to everybody, uh, yeah. to that theme. So, I can't remember now. So, so, so Corey's a metrologist, uh, been around for how many years in metrology? I think 100. 100? Uh, so I'm He's pretty old. Look. He looks good for his you age. It's because I still have my baby fat. So as for, long as yeah. I keep my baby fat, I'll be good. Yeah, and if it, it, you're 100 years old, that's amazing. <laughs> now, now so, I've been so, in the business for uh, 36 years. And, and Corey works for Constellation Power, so he's he's seen almost everything. So how did you meet Corey? Um, how did we how did we meet Corey? I, I like I the know. guy. That's how we met. I, I thought, know. I, thought I, know was a I know that he went to a great school. Yeah, University of Pittsburgh. Yeah, Woo-hoo, University shout out of Pittsburgh. To Pitt. Go Pitt Panthers. Yeah. The Panthers. They're never uh, any good at football. <laughs> Back in the 80s. Uh, Dan Marino eating pizza at the O. Uh, we can go on those stories. But, uh. Well, I grew up I grew up, you know, by BYU, and, and I remember they beat Pittsburgh for some – it was a big deal at the time. In yeah, you know. You remember, you remember Bill Fralick? He graduated yeah. a year after uh, Dan Marino. That was the year I was at Pitt. Yeah. And I remember seeing Bill Fralick completely, completely drunk obliterated and, oh, laying, yeah. and laying in the entire back of a pickup truck. Nice. So oh. if you ever seen Bill Fraley, he's a really, really big guy. Oh. He's a lineman. So he yeah. oh, wow. took yeah. up the entire back of a pickup truck. Wow. We, 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 I went when they were like, we're coming back. We're, we're, we got Johnny Majors back and we're majoring in excitement was the marketing slogan. But but I go I go up to the, the practices and whatnot and uh, – Someone would be taking up two spaces, and I'm not going to say who it was. Uh, so uh, majoring maybe uh, uh, a little, a couple drinks here and there, you know. Maybe I don't. I don't know how you park a car in two spaces. I've not done it. So uh, maybe maybe Corey can tell us the. Uh, the metrology involved with uh, well, it's still between two lines, right? It's yeah, just, it's two it's lines. just perpendicular to what people and normally park. And you're just park. hiding the center line. Exactly. Yeah, you're just yeah. Hide, yeah. hiding it. So oh, it's, it's actually, just that's the nominal value. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 parked in the car's the uncertainty. Right. I, I got it wrong all this time. Yeah. You're supposed to split your car in half. So, so yeah. So, so Corey's got 36 years at Constellation Power. Nuclear. Not at Constellation. Uh, before that, I was in the Air Force. And yeah, it's Exelon and and whatnot. Yeah. He's three, servicing equipment for Three Mile Island, uh, Peach Bottom, and everywhere else. And Exelon oh. just just does a great job with the equipment. And I, I'm not gonna gonna be the one that talks about it. Corey's gonna be the one that talks about it. So we're just gonna tee it up right here for him. Yeah, we know uh, we know Henry pretty well because uh, he's right down the road from us in York, and we're just outside of Philadelphia. And York's probably maybe 40 minutes away, yeah. 45 minutes away. I, I went out there. You've been to his place? I drove out there. Yeah, yeah. I nice, did that right? hour drive. <laughs> it's, it's a nice machine shop they have and yeah. the machines they built. And, of course, we had to, we had to buy one of our uh, big testing machines, a 500,000-pound machine from Henry. Um, yeah, we got it in the, in the lab, and we found out that our ceiling was too low. 
so we had to yeah. knock a hole through the ceiling, <laughs> build like a little skylight because Henry built his stuff too damn big. Yeah, so. we built it too tall. But then, but then if we don't build it too tall, then people can't fit equipment in it. So that's another problem. So, but uh, the the the. The team members at Corey's group appreciate their new skylight. It, it brings them sunshine, <laughs> energy, and yeah. uh, but it's, it's brought up morale with. with so, well, no, Corey and I were, were were talking today about some some good things. When you have people come in the lab, and you have those people that are really passionate about work, um, and and as concern for safety, when when like they do, Exelon does high voltage. They do some other things, yeah. and uh, you don't. And, and we do large force, you know, 10 meganewton, 2.25 million, and you don't want somebody there alone doing these types of measurements because of the, 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 the safety. So, yeah, so, yeah sure. we, we so started Corey, that conversation specifically around, uh, if you had a chance to check out Henry's talk today, it was uh, really good about uh, empowering your people and, mm -hmm. and kind of engaging them at, a, at the best level possible. And one of the things Henry and I were talking about is we have a very flexible schedule. Uh, Henry Henry kind of works the same thing, but and there always is that element of safety that you have to have yeah. in place too when you have that uh, flexible schedule. You have people coming in at at you know five in the morning or three in right. the morning sure. or whatever. They can't be working on the high voltage stuff. They can't be working on the high force stuff or the high pressure stuff. They got to be they got to make sure that they are safe. Uh, so and that's the kind of spurred that conversation. Yep. We're, we're it was a good about. conversation. So though, Corey, because, what's the high voltage capability? Tell us about. Uh, high voltage, we can go up to 2.4 million volts of impulse and partial discharge testing, and up to 900,000 volts constant voltage. So it's a uh, it's it's a shocking experience. Uh, shocking? I ever, yeah. I ever, I Look ever, at him. I know it's it's nuclear. So like, are people yeah. able to do tours and stuff there? Oh yeah. Yeah, we have tours all the time. I now, open. Excellent's cool. They, yeah. Corey was a regional NCSLI, uh, you, you, you say, you I, were... I wasn't a section leader, but, but I, I hosted a bunch of section meetings at sure. NCSLI there. And it's really good. In fact, you asked if we can do tours. Uh, in February, I just had 60 Girl Scouts come through uh, the lab, and we actually had a bunch of hands-on stuff for them to do. Wow. Uh, then in May, I had uh, about 30 STEM students come through, and we had a bunch of hands-on stuff for them. Uh, I sit on the Educational uh, Advisory Board for the STEM Academy, which is right near there, uh, where we're at. So it, it's really good, and like I was telling everybody, though, the Girl Scouts, the STEM students, the Boy Scouts, they yeah. bring in all the time. All the students from uh, the high school right across the street from us, uh, none of them know what the hell metrology is. Right. No. They don't They don't really <laughs> teach that in elementary school. They're no. not like, oh. Well, in about a month, you, or maybe About a less, month, they're going to, they're going to, that's the curriculum? Well, they'll, you'll have a, Biden, a new, Biden has passed a new agenda? <laughs> well, no, they'll they have the new YouTube, the, the stuff that we came out and filmed with you and oh, Avalon. Yeah, 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 you'll yeah. be able to pass them on to Oh, you got YouTube videos filmed at your place? Yeah, I do some whiteboard videos and some other stuff at oh, okay. uh, on YouTube. If you look at Morehouse Instrument on YouTube, not Morehouse College, because you'll get something different. Um, yeah. But if you look at metrology, Morehouse Instrument on uh, YouTube, we do a lot of educational videos, whiteboard. What's the difference? The one that I like the most, uh, Dillip and I like kind of did a, did a few of them. And the one I like the most is accuracy versus uncertainty. That's the one I think everybody needs to yeah, watch. Yeah, because accuracy is most important. Yes, mm. it is very important uh, <laughs> for the test value uncertainty measurement that you're making. And the tar is the most important thing, and resolution does not count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Corey, Corey Wait, says... Wait, what? 
So yeah, and, and, and yeah, you. I'm just, just seeing if I can get a rise out of Henry. You're not oh, gonna. He's a quick not, way. See, the problem with Corey is I know he can't get a rise out of me because I know he's he's very like mind, very open-minded, and just a, just a great person to know. Um, so he's not going to do it. I, I need to get somebody else. We need to get somebody else on here that's really like staunch, like dug in. Like they this won't is show the way. up. What's that? They won't come because the uh, like I think there was a few a few groups that just because of the sponsors of this event they won't come here. Really, sign yeah. calibration just alienates everyone. We, no, we weren't a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what happens. People say sign calibration. Oh, they're training people. That's bad. Some of those labs, maybe. Yeah. So, how long have you been going to the conference? Uh, this is my, I'm gonna say, 17th year. Wow. Yeah, um, he's a, he's a veteran. He's uh, got it. Been here a little while. So, something to do, right? So, how oh, yeah. long how long have you been coming? Uh, I'm 14 years. So Corey has me beat. Corey's Corey's one. The one year was so funny. Um, I had Guns N' Roses tickets, and my son. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm meeting Corey for dinner because I, I love I always love having hanging out with Corey. So uh, I'm meeting him for dinner, and my son's texting it, me pictures like with Slash backstage, and I'm like, my son's friends with the bass player for Live, and I'm like, wow. So he's texting me these backstage pictures, and I'm having dinner with Corey, and I'm I'm like, what's better, backstage with Slash or having dinner with Corey? So I'll, I'll let I'll let people make their own decision. But wow. yeah, just but so I you know, he was rubbing it in that I could have been at this, I could have been here backstage. Here I am. I'm down. having dinner with you guys. You guys should really appreciate me. Right now. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think it helped. I think it helped uh, sell my cause for uh, for them. But the one year we went out, and Corey is 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 like. Meat coma. The whole the whole theme was meat coma. That they're gonna eat enough meat that they're gonna get into a coma. You you remember that? That was Don Chola's restaurant. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we went to it was in uh, Florida. Yeah, it was in, in Florida. Florida. Yeah. We went to Don Chola's Steakhouse. I wanted to go out there the last time I was there. I didn't get to do anything. And everybody said, well, everybody was looking at the biggest steak cut on there. They said, well, nobody really want to eat this. Nobody can eat this. I said, I eat it. <laughs> was it like a tomahawk or something? That was like what, forty-eight ounces? I no. think so. But you were you were more like I'm going for the meat coma, meat coma. Yeah. <laughs> was it like a contest type thing? No, no. Not so no much. It, well, Corey made his own contest to see yeah. if he could put himself in a meat coma. Yeah, so, it, it, you know. damn near work. How, yeah. how much work. was a steak like that? It wasn't bad at that time. It wasn't. Everything was was freezing. I think what was that? What was the bill on that one? Like fifty bucks or something? Oh wow! <laughs> but it was like forty steak. It's, yeah, yeah, but it's 48 one. ounces of steak. Yeah, it's a lot of meat. Now it's, it's like probably a, now it's probably a hundred plus, and you know. But and of course, steakhouse like that, good steakhouses, you know, you have to you have to pay for your potato. You have to oh yeah, right, you right. Got all the sides. Yeah. And we had beer, you know. Oh yeah, we definitely we had may, beer with may have had a little bit of beer. So. Not not Corey because he's a good wholesome metrologist. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wholesome metrologists don't drink like, yeah. like milk. Yeah, he was drinking milk and uh, Girl Scout cookies before his steak. Girl Scout cookies are probably more dangerous than the beer. I, I yeah, I, I don't I don't know. We didn't we didn't have that. He had Girl Scouts through the lab, but we didn't hear about cookies. So. Oh yeah, they did come through that. That's. So what exactly is this? I saw Henry sitting over here talking to a microphone. I'm like, what the hell is Henry doing? This is it's like I'm, I'm, I'm talking to 14 people. Okay. No, we we peaked around 40. 
Oh, oh we have 40 go. people we're talking that now know about Constellation Power. That's great. And, yeah. uh, so, so, so tell Bring people about like, to the some events. of the cool things. So, Corey, I'll, I'll talk about it was Exelon before that, but I'll talk about Constellation Power. So they were paperless before it was a cool thing, <laughs> um, really. Um, they had a system that you'd submit submit your instrument. It would go, the technicians would be queued on what's next in line and everything. It was all paperless, and uh, Corey helped. It still it. is. It's, well, it still is, of course. But, but this was <laughs> they like... They went back. Yeah, they went back to paper. Yeah, they, we started were, cutting down the trees kill, out back. Kill the trees. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, the oxygen's too thick around these parts. <laughs> Actually, I have, a, I have a pretty good story that deals with uh, high voltage. It's kind of interesting. One of, my tech, one of my technicians was uh, doing some high voltage testing. And a lot of the stuff we do when it gets so high, uh, high levels of voltage, we have to do it on site, obviously, because mm -hmm. we don't have that much space in our lab. So we need at least four or five stories high. So my technician was going to this new facility. I'm not going to say the name, uh, but they were going to the new facility. They just built this brand new facility to house their high voltage, uh, where they do their testing and everything like that. And they said, "Okay, we just pulled this uh, new high voltage generator in. We want you to test it for us." We're like, uh, "My technician's like, okay, it's really good. I'm glad he got the video of this." Uh, but. He put it in there and he gets it all set up and he, we put our standard dividers against it and we start ramping up. And around 600,000 volts, the lightning strike went from the, the primary of the high voltage supply right into the wall and blew a hole in the wall. And my technician turned it down and he turned to the guy and said, uh, do you have rebarb in that wall? And the guy was like, well, yeah, of course we put rebarb in it. Did you ground the rebarb? And the guy was like, uh, yeah. So you might want to change that because oh, a nice. You know, it was that's close only sixty thousand volts. Six hundred. Six hundred thousand. Oh, six hundred thousand yeah. volts. Oh, that's a little bit more than. Yeah. 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 That's a big difference. So they had to build. Yeah. A, they had to build a separate floating ground for, uh, and disconnect the rebar from the actual ground. Wow. And obviously move the generator a little bit further away from the walls. Yeah. So this is good for people. The forty people out there, if they want to build a high voltage lab, they yeah. know now yeah. that they yeah, don't should ground not the rebar. Ground, don't don't, yeah. don't ground the rebar. Uh, the video is really cool. Like I said, you see the lightning go right into the wall. Uh, it's pretty cool. I have it. I have it somewhere. I, I... Is that enough to charge your flux capacitor, <laughs> or, uh, or no? Well, I think more than enough. More than yeah. enough. I'm trying to time travel. I want to go gigawatts. back. I want to go back in time. So to where music. So I want to go back in time to where Dillup said music is good because he says after the. 60s, there's no good music, and the I, 60s. I, 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 the 80s. I, I disagree. You know, I, I think Dillip really is a village well, people Dillip, cool with the gang. Well, problem is maybe he keeps having that flock of seagulls haircut. I think yeah. the, I ran. <laughs> I ran. <laughs> maybe I I'll, I'll I'll go mid 70s, but that's it. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like it is a steep curve bombs. though. Of, I, of, I don't know if it's a yeah. steep curve or not. I, I like music today. So. Like what? I, I, oh really? I'm I'm listening to Imagine uh, Dragons. Imagine Dragons is pretty good. Imagine They're Dragons right. is decent. I listen to Slipknot. I listen to I listen to Dead and Company all the time. I listen to Metallica. I I started listening to Vendetta, which is the kids of Slipknot, which is like pure metal. Like you have to be into hardcore metal. Megadeth is still around. Yeah, um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the Offspring. 
Allspring's good. I was on an airplane with Allspring. Not like really. That doesn't count as today though. Not not like uh, today. They just had an album out just this year, a brand new album. Their origin is too early. That's why they're good. Oh okay. Yeah, My Chemical Romance. I like. They took a lot from Pink Pink Floyd. of course, uh, what's, what about what's, Coldplay? No Coldplay. I'm not a big Coldplay yeah. fan. No, I what like about K-pop. You like the K-pop stuff. Oh, I um, I actually took a course at Stanford. Um, <laughs> yeah, studying K-pop. names, uh, <laughs> and I studied K-pop. No, really? I, I'm honest. Honestly, it was a, a, a. What the hell made you do that? It was a strategic planning course. And as part of that, one planning course where you have to look at K-pop music. Yeah, because the K-pop, the whole K-pop is they take these kids from like eight years old, and they start training them um, on on the whole culture. Oh, okay, now and I understand. Jazz start, influence. How to start a cult? No, it's basically so. So Jam K-pop. Close. This is pretty interesting. I'm not. I'm not going to talk at, at at length for the uh, uh, listeners, but. So they, they take these kids, and they're, like, from eight, they groom them. They, like, give them etiquette classes. They say, like, let's put some jazz in here. They want them to be an international sensation. So they try to get the talent early, and then they teach them the etiquette. They teach them jazz fusion, all this other stuff. And that's why K-pop is so popular. So the, the person that's running this is, is just creating talent. It's manufactured talent. I'd rather have, like, a Jimi Hendrix that just is awesome. Uh, K-pop is not my style, but I know Dillip really digs it, and he's into it, and <laughs> he goes to see you it. Just solved, you just solved my problem. That's how we'll create the future metrologists. Similar thing. And we'll just get people Start from eight, 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 eight years old. cults. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. just get them at, like, two when they're potty training. <clears throat> like, uh, the K value is two. And, <laughs> yay! You know, but no. Uh, yeah. I like K-pop when it was called like NSYNC and New Kids on the Block. That was not K-pop. That was uh, it was the same theory, same, same yeah. principles. So is Justin Timberlake super dreamy or just dreamy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Corey's laughing, so I'm gonna say super dreamy on okay. that uh, from his. We'll uh, go with, uh, I say just dreamy. Just dreamy? Yeah, really? not completely super dreamy. Yeah, that's just Dillip. Yeah, just do <laughs> <laughs> the, the the metrology calendar. We could we could do a metrologist calendar. Oh yeah, we could. I mean, that would sell three copies, but you know. Or we just give them away. <laughs> <laughs> Please take this. <laughs> so where, where is this podcast located? Uh, iTunes or Spotify, any of your major podcast okay. platforms. Oh, now I got to tell more people about it. So, I didn't even so know about Ryan it. said, "What you're you're up to? How many listeners now?" So so. We're somewhere around three to five thousand listeners total. Oh, you said forty. Well, today <laughs> well, that's, live. That's live. Oh, okay. It's a little but late. Listen, we can get we can get a lot of live listeners, but we keep trying. This is this is intended to get more interest in the the NCSLI event. Oh, okay. Promote so NCSLI so July eighth next year happen. in Orlando. Well, I mean, and it's also good for people to know that fun things happen at these as well. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. Well, like like James was on. The networking's great. Corey's on now. Dillip's on. Ginger was on. Paul was on talking about micrometers uses uh, C clamps. That's clamps. Yeah. yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Valuable. A lot of, lot of things happen after the main event mm-hmm. every yeah. day. A lot of networking happens where you know somebody is looking for some specific thing that uh, you don't realize. So this is out there to the listeners that 
besides the, the formal program for NCSLI, this is where you run into somebody and you network and you have a specific question, somebody will answer. Like uh, yesterday, just in the hallway, somebody said, uh, do you have a spreadsheet about <laughs> the risk, measurement decision risk? And I said, sure. Uh, let's get together. Um, I'll be in the exhibit area. I'll show you, not just send you, I'll show you. And if you have questions, we'll have it. And then if it's suitable, I'll email it to you. So there's a lot of that kind of sharing of knowledge mm -hmm. that happens. And everybody's willing to share. And that's the nice thing about, you know, networking um, that people don't realize. And I remember my first MSC. I didn't know anybody. But some, uh, right after somebody found out this was my first MSC, it was like they took me under the wings, introduced me to the other people and said, this is his first time here. So what I do is if I find somebody that's their first time here, I will pay it forward like they did it uh, in there. So for the listeners out there that are first time listeners and they haven't been to MSC or NCSLI, this is something that not a lot of conferences do. And, and that's, that's how I think metrologists as people are Hel very helpful oh yeah and and, and that's important because um, I remember going to my long first local American Society for quality section meeting we were sitting in a round table like we're sitting there's eight people I sat down nobody introduced themselves they just <laughs> just went at it and and I didn't go to one uh, three years because I said, I don't want to be in this environment. And then I started going for some reason or another. And somebody asked me um, to help out. And I had asked if I could volunteer. And they said, oh, we'll call you. Don't call us. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So somebody finally uh, said, yeah, you, you've been coming here about volunteering. And from there, I rose to the section chair. And one of the first things I did was, uh, they used to have at the dinner a reserved table for section leaders. I said, no, no reserved table. We're going to make sure, if you find somebody we don't see, introduce yourselves. And, and we did that afterwards. We changed that culture. And, I don't know how many times I would get an email right after the meeting for that first time. I really appreciate you introduce me, making me feel home. Yeah. But this community is always about making somebody feel at home. Sure. So that is one one thing that I cannot say enough about. Whether you're at MSC or NCSLI, that they do very well. Yeah, and it can be very overwhelming coming yeah. here for the first time. It's, it's hard to know, you know, the fun things and, and all the different activities going on. And, and this year, I don't know if everybody was at the opening meeting. When Rob Kanaki asked, how many are first-timers? 
I looked around and half the people in that audience. I was surprised. That's raised, good. Yeah, raise their hands. That's good. What, do you know where, where a lot of the new ones came from? I think, no, no, various, I think it's a various places, uh, but various the, the, places. As, yeah, the sim, the sim students that were there really kind of helped because they brought in a lot of the uh, uh, the South and Central American. Uh, oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, people that were coming into that. I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on the fact that somebody actually asked Dilip if he had a spreadsheet for something. <laughs> that's like asking a fish if it has scales. Right. So, uh, <laughs> it, like he just pulls them out. Here's a here's a flash drive. If you if you had a computer, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he said that. I was like completely stuck on that. But you know, Dilip brings up a great point that uh, it it is the after time or the time between yeah. the sessions or the time at the uh, no, uh, at the presentations and so forth when you're talking about the subjects oh, yeah, that are brought up. And when they do that, it gives you the opportunity to have a discussion or a live discussion with somebody else who's interested in that subject or wants to understand a little bit better. And uh, yeah, it's it's a great, uh, they use the term networking quite a bit, but it really is. That's what it really comes down to. Yeah. It's the networking networking aspect of, uh, of the conference. For sure, and, and uh, like we always talk about, Sometimes putting faces to to the names, or I, I only knew Henry through Zoom for quite a while. Yeah, that's true. And, and, and Dylan stepped out, but he's still here, so he's gonna sit beside me. Sorry, and, I had you off, Henry. There oh, you go. That, that's good. So Dylan stepped out. Okay. Um, he's he's still here. He's beside me, so he can. We have a new guest. Can, we have a new guest. Uh, the, the new guy. Yeah, the new guy. Uh, the new guy does podcasts as well. I'm not gonna be able to pronounce the last name. Uh, you should you should probably give it a try. So, by the way, my name is Tim, and the last name is Kippeth. Kippeth, okay. Yep. And uh, I seen you guys over here doing a podcast, and I, I was a little interested because I do podcasts as well called Border Outdoors Podcast. Oh, cool. We talk about outdoor type stuff and uh, hunting, fishing. And I love fishing. A little bit of drinking here and there, maybe, but that yeah. never that never goes with outdoor stuff. What are you talking about? Uh, I'm what, sorry. Yeah. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> and metrology doesn't enter in anywhere in this conversation. <laughs> metrology. I thought we were talking about the weather. Yeah, we are. So uh, <laughs> Dallas got a lot of rain, but uh, yeah, no. So Tim, Tim's a first-time conference attendee. I am. Yeah. He nice. attended uh, our our force course uh, force tutorial on Sunday. And he's done podcasts before, so I was, I was, it's I, I had, I had stepped out and I had said, uh, come join us. So there's so. a question, Tim. Uh, we were just talking about the first time attendees. What made you come this year? One of my colleagues at work um, is a member of, uh, of the association here, and he, he just said that this is something that you should, you should really look into. And this guy at work, I, I kind of look up to him as a mentor. And um, he's, he's taught me a lot of, uh, about calibration and things that we do in our company. And he just thought it was a good fit for me. I kind of see me as maybe uh, possibly replacing him in the future. You know, he's a senior uh, metrologist in our department. So he, he thought it would be a good fit for me. So I, I went online, started looking around and seeing what this was all about. And to me, it's, it sounded like a lot of fun. Of course, go from Minnesota down to Dallas, Texas. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Middle of summer. Um, Unfortunately, we did talk about the weather here a second ago, and one of the things that happened with us is uh, Texas have, has had beautiful, well, to us, I guess, beautiful weather for a little while, but ever since we got down here, it's been raining, so yeah. kind of crazy. We're still super dry at home, um, so was, that's kind of a, a weird part for us. We, we come here to kind of vacation, but yet do a little bit of work, and we're, we're kind of stuck with some crappy weather, but that's fine. 
Um, but no, the, the tutorials, um, I didn't sign up for anything on Saturday just because the travel just kind of didn't allow me to. Um, but on Sunday, yes, I, I did the force um, tutorial with Henry, and I, I, I enjoyed it. One of the reasons I really wanted to do that, um, Henry's from Morehouse, and we just purchased a, a Morehouse um, portable calibration machine about a year and a half ago, and uh, we like it. A lot of the people that we that I work with right now, when I told them I was going to be buying you know, something like this, right away they said they're, they're, they're not, they're not going to go for this. There's no way that this company is going to invest in something like that. You know, we're, right now we're hanging 500 pounds of weights on, on uh, force gauges. We were talking about that today, remember? Yeah, you and I talk about this all the time. But <laughs> I, it's, I've it's seen awesome it, them hung by uh, like cords before. Yeah, it's, it's actually very scary. Yes. And to, to kind of persuade our, our president of the company to, to buy into this stuff, I started taking pictures of how we're doing stuff currently today. And I, I put that in a slideshow, and then I put in the, the Morehouse system, and I said this is a much safer, you know, a better way of doing things, more efficient. And um, one of our senior sales guys has been here for years, kind of runs the, thinks he runs the joint. He, he said, don't bring this up to the, the president as something that, um, you know, you don't, don't really rip on what we're currently doing. Just show what we want to do in the future. Uh. So I took all those slides out, still have them on file just in case. Um, but then I showed him. Send them um, to me, please. <laughs> I, sh I should actually, because it's kind of scary. Because we had one of them where we we're doing a, a down rod and doing like a, the weight tray, and those weight trays scare the crap out of me. Yeah. You know, we're putting 500 pounds on this weight tray, so you got two guys, one in each corner, kind of trying to assemble this stack of weights, and it's just very scary. Yeah. So coming from a, a big safety background at my last job, I just I didn't feel like this was a very good way to do things. So we uh, we presented it to the president without having the you know the negativity on our current system, and he just looked at me. He goes, "Do you think this is going to work for us? And do you think it's going to help us?" And I said, "Absolutely!" Right away, boom, let's buy it. Very nice. So um, we took delivery of it, and yeah, we, we had a couple of hiccups and you know some learning things here and there, um, some stuff. We Henry and I talked about it during the class too on Sunday. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that there's there's been a couple of improvements made, they helped us out and and sent those improvements to us, and we implemented that into the screw jack system on that that PCM, and the thing's been working pretty good ever since. Awesome. So, yeah, it's been a, been a good success story for us, and the, the technicians they love it. Now I think we missed that in the beginning because we talked about that you have a, a podcast. Where where actually do you work at? I work at Productivity Quality. It's out of Plymouth, Minnesota. Got it. There we go. So, yeah, there's a is it mostly uh, force testing, or uh, actually, things? we do a lot of different uh, calibrations. We do. I, I am myself. I'm the technical manager for force, torque, pressure, and temperature. Um, our lab itself, um, just the just the calibration side of things, we we calibrate vision systems, so inspection systems, and then we also calibrate anything from you know dimensional. Physical calibration, which is my my department, and then electronics calibration as well. Vision systems. Are you guys the ones that work with Safe Auto and recalibrate the system after you have your glass replaced? No. Okay. <laughs> you guys have seen that safe commercial, auto. right? Safe Auto. Yeah, they talk about Safe Auto. Oh, we recalibrate afterwards. I was like, so, so I've never seen. I've never done any calibration like that. So I stepped out, and Tim's there. He's like, I want to talk to you about torque. I was like, Come on the podcast. Let's do it live. Yeah, torque, and that's one that. Uh, 
Twerking? Yeah, I'm not a good twerker. I'm not. I'm not a good twerker. I can't do it. I don't know if I believe that, Henry. Is that twerker or twerker? Twerker. I can't. Twerker. Twerker. You have the yeah twerker. Yeah twerker. No, but yeah, torque's another. Force is the number one passion. Torque is one that there's a lot of issues in industry and there's a lot of problems. A lot of different manufacturers making different stuff. Corey and I had the, the, the discussion today. Someone came over. Uh, it was actually Rob, but, you know, <laughs> um, but and he said, to, you know. Not to dish on the uh, president of NCSL. No, but yeah. no, it's not a dish. It, it's really good. He's like, what what wrenches do you recommend? And, and Corey and I had a pretty good discussion back and forth with it. And Corey, like, the, their lab sees a lot of this. So it's it, it's it's one of those things, like, what what is the right tool for the job? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've so. done a lot of. We've done a lot of case study work on torque wrenches, uh, specifically around. Uh, we were trying to move towards the electronic torque wrenches, are, which are much more accurate. Right. Usually, like right. half the accuracy or half the tolerance. Uh, so, and if you kept them on the same cow cycle, you could actually double the cow cycle and still meet the basic tolerance that you need for most of the stuff. But people don't like them because when you go to torque one of them, uh, they don't. They're not a click. They don't click. They buzz. Right. Yep. They, they buzz and they kind of vibrate. Shake. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of shake. You can do the and shimmy. So people have to get used to that. And because it's something new, uh, I, I found not that not that I'm an ageist or anything because I'm pretty old myself, but <laughs> the younger people take to the new electronic torque wrench a lot quicker than the older people say, I just want to do the click. Just give me a click. I can do it real quick and click. But then what, what we were talking about, the mistake that everybody makes with torque, they set it for 100 foot pounds. They let it click, and then they give it an extra little. That's yeah, the, did that's I get the it? Problem. Did I get it? Did that. I get it? Er, did I get it? Or oh, that, yeah, or I that double it. click or triple click. It. People think, oh, tighter's better, and it's it's not. There, there's torque settings and and uh, torque tolerances for a reason. So, I'd like to talk a little bit about the digital wrenches that you guys are talking about too. I don't know, are we allowed to talk branding at all here? Or? Anything you want? Yeah. Okay, sure. sweet. Um, so. My my job uh, before where before I started working at Productivity Quality, I actually I worked for uh, Caterpillar for 22 years, and the last 15 years was spent basically as a torque specialist in the company. Okay. Um, we did have a lot of the the click type wrenches on the shop floor, um, so I'm not going to go through all the issues that we had with them, but we we had issues with wrench heads breaking and things like that. Like the pawls. But I would I would say, well actually not the pawls. We were doing. Uh, at Caterpillar, we we actually uh, required that we could not use um, adjustable type click wrenches. They had to be all preset. Oh, okay. Yeah, they yeah. had to have the, the correct socket and and uh, extensions and either any attachments that are needed for that application. Um, so we have all these preset click wrenches out on the floor. I wanted to move towards more of a, a electronic type click wrench. And in my opinion, one of the best ones out there is the Atlas Copco ST wrench. It's a smart wrench. Um, the bottom half of the wrench itself is actually like a, an actual controller. Um, you could set up P-sets and, and different jobs and things like that inside that controller uh, to do different torque values. Um, and then they have a uh, carbon fiber beam that goes on the end of that controller. They can go from, say, like a, I, I'm not going to say specifics, but about an 8-inch bar up to like a 46-inch bar. So you could go from like, I'll talk newton meters because that's what I was used to there. Sure. You could go down to just a couple newton meters up to 800 newton meters, or I'm sorry, 600 newton meters on this this one same controller using different um, torque arms that are on there. And each head actually was chipped as well, so that way it 
Well, I should back up a little bit. The attachment, the the bar, the beam on that was on there, they were chipped, so that way you plug it in the controller, it, it knows the length. So it already does all the math and the calculations to get to that right torque value. Now you put on the wrench head itself, and now it knows which wrench head is on there. It right. Now the controller also knows the formula. You can put this funky customized head that's on there that's all these different lengths and different angles, and once you do that math and program that into the chip, you connect it to the tool, it knows what, what, what's on the end of the tool, so That's it's going to cool. give you that right torque value. So, so Ryan, as, as Tim was speaking, Andy Overshaw joined us. I noticed from, we have a new and, NR, From NRC Canada. So we got an oh, wow. NMI. We got an uh, NMI representative NMI from Canada. Representative. Yeah. But someone who doesn't really know very much about torque. Well, that's all right. He's gonna make he's gonna make up whatever he knows about torque. He's gonna talk about <laughs> he's gonna be talking about a guy wa washing his hands in the urinal. That's what Andy's gonna talk about. Oh wow, that yeah. relates to torque sometimes. <laughs> so, so we don't want to we want we want to get back to torque, but I don't want to discount Andy coming in because the first time I met Andy uh, was at NCSLI, and uh, they it was in Portland, and NCSLI basically said. Oh, it's a five-minute walk, right, Andy? That's right, it's a five-minute walk to the conference center. And Andy's a statistical guru at NRC Canada, and he every day he would ask people, "How long did it take you to walk to uh, the conference, the conference center?" And people would log in seven and a half minutes, eight and a half minutes. So, so with that. Uh, and and, and, it, and an, an additional thing, Andy, we were we were, were having a few one night, and he said, "This is one of my favorite videos, and it's a guy washing himself in a washing his hands <laughs> in a urinal." So uh, I think with, I've seen that one. Actually. With, with, with that, I'm going to introduce uh, Andy on here to, uh, and then we're going to get back to torque. Well, so. Andy, it's a pleasure. Yeah, well, nice nice to meet you all. Uh, yeah, so rather than five minutes, it was actually the NCSLI website said that it was going about. A nine and a half minute walk. Oh, it's nine and a half. Which is what triggered me to think, well, what do you say about nine and a half? You really mean ten, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's oddly specific. Yeah, so we said, okay, well, let's test that. So we created a, a little, little web page that you could go on, you could enter your time. So I asked people to enter their time, add some uncertainty. So did they actually time themselves with their phone? How, how certain were they if they had the right, the, the right actual uh, timing? And we found it, there was actually. The average time was, was nine nine minutes forty five seconds, I think, was <laughs> with an uncertainty of about five seconds plus or minus five seconds. <laughs> so pretty close to so, the ten minutes. Yeah, so it's probably a bit closer to ten minutes than nine and a half. <laughs> but nine and a half wasn't a bad guess either. But why tell a bunch of metrologists it's about nine and a half rather than say about nine about ten? That's the messaging thing. You know, we need to make sure that if we're going to tell somebody something, this is what measurement we're going to give you, and this is what the, the measurement result is. Tell them something that's as useful to them. Ten would have been more useful than nine and a half, in my opinion. But it really doesn't walk, matter that much. You know, it's like uh, like with an autoclave. You know, you'd rather be if if you have an out of tolerance, you'd rather be you know under than over or whatever. Well, it's like one of those on the walking. Wouldn't well, you want to be slower? You know, yeah. Estimate but, higher than lower. So so that year, NRC gave away a shot glass, and this wasn't any shot glass. That, yes. This was a shot glass that had every calibrational possible. That was the year before. That was the year before? That was, that was Washington. 2018? Yeah. So in 2018, they gave away a shot glass that had every measurement possible. Volume, go ahead. Yeah, we, we measured the volume, the mass, 
the, the even the emissivity of the glass. Uh, <laughs> wow. We, we actually put it through and uh, see how radioactive it was, which it wasn't. Oh, <laughs> <But> good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think we certified it for at least a dozen different measurements, all, all certified by the, by the NMI. It's, it's the greatest meme calibration ever. But well, everybody when, wanted this shot glass. Oh, yeah, I would I want mean, it. I wanted it bad, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it was a fantastic, well, everyone did want that. The only thing you had to do was to, to be measured with your height and, and look your eye, eye color, because we were looking to see if there was a correlation between height and eye color, and we were going to show the stats of that and see how that worked. Trouble was, we had two guys. I don't know if you've seen Tim Pryor from MPL. He's at this conference as well. Mm -hmm. He's six foot ten with wow. blue eyes. Yeah, and believe it or not, he wasn't the tallest blue-eyed guy in that conference. Really, kind of crazy. So he skewed. So, the... so yeah, our, our results were a bit skewed. What was the result if you took those out? Uh, if you took, there was actually there was no brown-eyed, blue-eyed people were about the same. Green eyes and hazel eyes, there just wasn't enough data. They were, they're just not common enough eye colors. There's not enough of us, Henry. There's not enough. So It's not fair. But Andy makes uncertainty statistics fun, and that's why when I saw Andy, I'm like, you gotta, you, we, we got to bring Andy in for the listeners because he's just a really fun guy to be around. Makes learning fun, makes metrology fun, and, and takes, that's what we need. takes a bit of appeal in nine and a half minutes, right? Yeah. I don't, like the thing we did this year, we did some stuff with the, the grade five and six kids in Ottawa. We partnered with uh, an Ottawa University to do some, some workshops in the summer. We, we were one of the exercises measuring a piece of string. And we said, it's going to be a competition. We're going to give a prize to everyone who, who gets the best measurement. And we started out teams of three. So the teams of three, they measured and they took their average. So, okay, so your individuals were like this. But now when you take the three, what does the result look like compared with what we think we should? Oh, yeah, it's actually better. And we said, well, actually, you three teams of three, well, let's average your results and see if that makes any difference. And, and gradually, we brought the whole group in, and by the end of it, the measurement result of everybody was the best result. And that was a really powerful lesson for the kids to learn at that age, that yeah, yeah, working as a awesome. team, collaborating together, and the more measurement, the more data you get, the better the measurements are. Yeah. So it's not about the individual being the best measurement, it's about the team, the team coming together that's really cool. and, and really producing a great measurement. That's, that was a really, really great thing from those, from those workshops. And kids at 11, 12 years old learned that and it really stuck with them. So that's that's some of the cool base. stuff NRC is doing. I'll have to touch base offline with you because we do stuff with STEM programs and all that in schools. And yeah, it's always challenging. One of the ones we like to do is we have a, you know, one of those uh, uh, ruler calibrator and we have them grab their teacher's ruler and they see how, how accurate it actually is. Funny thing is that some, I don't know, we've had a couple that were really bad. So I don't know what, what that says about those schools. But yeah, that's fun. Yeah, we do different, like, we have little pucks, stainless steel pucks that kind of 50 gram increments up from about nine, 20, uh, nine, 900 grams up to about uh, 1,050 grams. You know, we give them the, the density with the uncertainty with some spreadsheets and things and say, you know, find a kilogram. Give them a, give them a ruler or give, give another team a, a set of calipers or something like that and see wow. if they can find a kilogram. Hey, Canada's fun. We don't have that in the, in the U.S. Hey, we it's could just, learn, right? Yeah. yeah. And talking about the fun, that, that conference you took about in Portland, the thing we gave away was T-shirts. 
Do you remember the red T-shirt? I have, have one. It says, for a good time, call. And it has the uh, <laughs> phone number of NRC Canada. Yeah, yeah, it gets you to our time signal. I love that. Dillip's a fan. He's he's got the T-shirt. He sports it. People call and they're like they're thinking they're going to call Dillip and they get NRC Canada and they're very upset. I love it. Corey well, called really cool. a couple times and you know after he got NRC Canada he stopped. So so do you guys have a similar program to STEM? Is STEM in Canada? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We uh, we're fully committed to that. We really really do believe in 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 STEM, but also inclusion within STEM. So. You know, is, is metrology more in schools in Canada? I would say, yeah. It, I wouldn't say not, not, I can't qualify more because I don't know how much is, it is zero. here. Zero. But yeah, it's starting to come <laughs> in. Pretty much zero, yeah. I mean, my, my son, he's nine years old, and he's, he's already been talking about measurement uncertainty in, wow. in, yeah. in his hey, school. Hey, Andy, just a, just a question. Um, I want to ask, does, does he include the resolution of the unit under test? No, he doesn't. question. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. That's what you missed earlier. So there's a test value uncertainty that just is a, a test measurement that includes no contributors, which makes your TURs fantastically big. Yeah, you're, you're not considering the, the unit under test at all. Or, or, or any of the effects of the environment on that, you just focus on just what the instrument can do and yeah. against the best possible, yeah. 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 <laughs> I know that debate, I don't want to get into it. <laughs> you don't want to, what's, the, what's, what's Canada's stance on that debate? We need an Like representing all stance. of Canada with one person here. Imagine Canada's this huge fence and we're on it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah, there's obviously different, different views, but yeah. It's, I don't think it's anything that's easy to solve with the, the different types of opinions and, and nope. things that are out there. Nope. And special interests, I guess you could say. But I, um, what was the... Tim was back on torque, but, we, but oh, Andy's yeah. here now. Well, and I was fascinated by the torque wrench he's talking about. The, the, it it the is fascinating, but Andy is just... When you have someone from the NMI and NRC, you kind of have to say... Hey. You, 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 you got to block the little guys a little gotta, bit, you know? Yeah, yeah I was just guys. saying overshadowed, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I'm learning. I mean... <laughs> That's all I'm here know, for. They do have the for a good time call, so I had to figure out, let's bring them on and see what a good time no, is. I, see, I love that type <laughs> of stuff, though, because the younger generation like that's why we're focusing on youtube stuff we even have a TikTok, you know because we, if we're going to get youth in the field we have to do fun things yeah and it, it it's not that difficult to do either i mean I, no we 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 call it our, our game of constants it's all of the the si unit the seven primary units we have a game for each of them and i mean you can do exactly what you yeah. want to do with that you can kind of you can you can just play the game, so you can play the game, and then you can put the, the data up there, then you can start to play with that data, and so all kinds of different stats and, and how we build better measurements through more data, mm -hmm. or depending on the, on the audience, so you can take it up. I mean, we do that at, at NCSLI, and it's a fantastic yeah. event, these, these, these conferences, to just play around with these things. Yeah. Because we're all a bunch of big kids, really. And, right. And as soon as you put a challenge up there to say, you know, can you jump a meter? And everyone said, yeah, of course I can. No, not, not a meter or more. 
And you jump a meter. Oh. Exactly. That's, more so right, that's right right on that meter, yeah. yeah. That's right a boost challenge. Dillip can do it. But, yeah. Exactly one meter. That sounds like a Dillip thing to do. Well, Henry, well, did you, did you, we're, we're over two hours now. Did you have anybody else you wanted to have on? No, we got Andy on. We got Tim on. We were talking Torque, so we said we could come back a little bit to Torque. Yeah, we could anyway. talk about that maybe 13 more minutes. Yeah, maybe. That, that sounds good. So Andy's, Andy's along for the ride with the Torque conversation, or we, or we get Dillip in, depending on what, how Andy's feeling. Well, that's up to Andy. Did you want to stay in for the Torque dis discussion? But maybe I can give the ASTM E uh, E11 committee a bit of a plug here because we yeah. are actually oh, working good. on a torque standard for uh, for the measurement system analysis. Oh, really? That, that came out of yeah. one of the NCSI conferences. Yeah. So you know the the whole measurement system analysis. You can you can do that, but it relies on the measurement system being repeatable. But torque, obviously, as soon as you 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 apply the torque, you've changed the measurement system. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, and we, we've looked and, and found that there's a few other examples very, very similar to that where where the system changes as you, you take the measurement. And and there has actually, there's, a, there's one guy that's is very interested in taking that on in ASTM and he's going to provide a, a draft standard pretty soon. So, so stand by for that one. So, so E11, if you want to get involved, uh, the ASTM standard for torque is the E2428, um, but the ASTM E11 committee is the kind of the statistical committee. Yeah, and, and they're going to build a standard that will generically show how you can measure, how you can assess a measurement system when you change the system each time you use it, or each time you apply yeah, the Yeah, so the really cool stuff that Andy's working on there with, with E11. And you want more people to be involved with it, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So the more people, the better. And then once that's, that standard's created, then it can be used to and be adapted to, to things like tool. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Are you a part of that committee? I, I I get the emails of E11. Dillip gets the E11. I want to. I, I am a part of the committee, but I'm not active as I should be in the committee. Yeah, because you've got a really cool torque machine. I don't think a lot of people know our until, torque machine. Well, the, until the, our, our second episode most, launches. Second most accurate torque machine in the world, or the the second most lowest uncertainty in the world. We bought it from an NMI NPL. Uh, UK, which Andy's from the UK, so he's 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 applauding, applauding the efforts of the British government and the taxpayers for funding the machine. Well, no, I'm just applauding you for, for having that, you know, yeah, yeah, house for having that, that instrument. That's fantastic. So I I I, I met uh, another Andy at uh, NCSLI in 2009, and he told me that uh, with the BIPM, and he told me that NPL selling their torque machine, and we ended up buying it. Yeah, very nice. So, 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 what what was your direction on the torque wrench? Well, basically, what we're looking at too. You you, you talk about um, you give you give somebody an electronic torque wrench. A lot of times, you know, it's it's the the vibration or the the beeps or the noise or the lights that tell you to stop applying torque. Uh, one of the things that we did too, we we did some R, gauge R and R testing with a, a handful of different brands. And one nice thing too about this Atlas Copco ST wrench is you can set the percentage of torque um, to when, when your lights come on or anything like that. So what we did with our gauge R&R is we set it to, let's say, 95% of torque. That's when the buzzers are going to go off. 
we found we were overshooting still. So we actually had to go down to like 80% of torque, and that's when we would kick on the lights and all the buzzers or whatever the indicator saying to, to stop applying torque. Our gauge R&R showed that that increased our, num our numbers, or our accuracy, um, just by basically taking away the, some of that human um, interface. Yeah. Get rid of all that kind of garbage. Um, another thing the wrench does too, it does actually um, measure your, your torque angle as well. Nice. So you could do like an acceptance window. We talked in class the other day how sometimes you have that window that your double hit protection, let's, that's right. what we used to call it, double hit protection. So let's say you get a series of 12 bolts in a small pattern, you go around and you, maybe you get confused on which one you just did or which one you just, you're supposed to be going to. If you don't hit enough degrees of angle, you, you program that, that uh, minimum amount of angle into that tool. If you don't reach that before you start turning the, the fastener, then you're gonna get red light, you know, lights flashing, whatever, saying that this is a double hit. So that tells you to go back and find the actually the actual fastener that you needed to tighten down instead. That's interesting. So. I've been seeing a lot more of that um I can't even remember if it was Midatoyo, speaking of which, but some more of the smart gauging uh, yeah, things that are out cool there. Stuff. It's the cool yeah. stuff that's out yeah, there. Yeah, they have their own barcode scanners on there, so you can set up barcodes with different jobs, um, things oh, nice. like that. They'll have uh, in the, like a socket tray to where you can have, say, a, one socket, you pull it out of the tray and it triggers the tool to do one torque. You put it back, you grab a different socket, and it'll, it'll trigger the tool to do a different another torque. You're color coding. Color coding, you, color we did color have to color coding. code ours too at my last job. Um, some of this technology too, you, you could have a floor mat. Let's say you're on one side of this assembly and all the torque values at 100 newton meters. If, as long as you're standing on that floor mat, the tool's gonna do 100 newton meters. That's cool. And then you go to the other side, it could be something different. So th there's so many different interfaces that are out there with this technology now. And these are the, the hand wrenches. Then you have the DC type, the power tools yeah. that do the same thing. And that, that's what my last job is. I was I was actually allowed to. I, I say allowed. <laughs> I was the only one in the, the facility that really knew how to do these because um, I kind of embraced this stuff. But we were programming the the electric tools to do all these certain types of rundowns. Um, let's just say you have a fastener that you actually need to um, have it moving on a sliding surface. Mm. Um, we would tighten down a lock nut to a certain torque value, and then in the same trigger pull, the tool would actually back off, you know, 90 degrees. And that allowed these parts to slide back and forth amongst each other. That's a long way from uh, in the Marine Corps. We'd have to cal. We the biggest debate was the power torque ones for like the panels on helicopter on helicopters. Sure, you know, and the Jesus and nut. And not those. Not Jesus the Jesus nut is though. That's one. the other one. Yeah. That's the other one. That's and the, and one. you know they found that even after the very first use, they were starting to lose torque and blah 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 blah. You know. So the the but that was over 20 years ago. You know. Right. So the the changes over time is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's they're kind of foolproofing it in a way. You know that that's what they have to do. It's it just makes it a little easier for the operators. Um, the the younger people out there they they kind of embrace it. Yeah, they, they seem to anyways. Um, any kind of anything that's digital, they can scan in with some barcodes, and boom, you have this automatic program telling you what to do. It's it's all a, a neat interface. So good lead-in. I yeah. think you know that's stuff that, uh, especially as we're getting the the younger generation interested in the field, that will help them. Yeah, stick yeah. around. Yep, and we just a little bit ago we talked about getting some of the younger people into metrology. You know, learn what metrology is. My company at Productivity Quality, we actually have a slogan that's Metrology Matters. 
So on our gauge our gauge site.com, we have a Metrology Matters um, page, and we have a, a, a new employee that's doing a lot of marketing, and he does these pretty cool videos talking about Metrology Matters. And you know, his one of the first videos I watched of him, he's like, yeah, everyone wants to measure a foot. Well, he looks at his shoe and he's like, well, that's a foot, right? Yeah. Well, then he pulls somebody in that's somebody at a different size. He's like, well, no, this is a foot. So everyone's trying to disagree on what, what is a yeah. foot. Yeah. So it's just talking Swedish about- Swedish versus Amsterdam feet. It's a one inch difference. Yeah. So it's all, it's all about trying to get that next generation involved. Yeah into the, the metrology type. When I think if we do, it will help our ball processes, all the manufacturing out there. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, manufacturing is, it's obviously, it's, it's where it's needed. Yeah. In my opinion. Well, and, and uh, we also have friends like, like Ed uh, Morrison, those that are trying to get metrology, even just small classes added to engineering programs and stuff. Oh, yeah. So, because it, so that engineers have better idea of those things. So, so I hope all the listeners had kind of a fun time with all the I different so. people coming in. Let's see if anyone stuck around the so whole time. Andy came on and the, the, the listenership shot up, right? I mean, uh, they, they wanted to all watch, watch uh, man, uh, what, what, what's the video, Andy? Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, it was the... Was it? It was a. I think it was a. Someone from North America. I don't know which country. Could have been Canada. I don't know U.S. But he was at a Dutch music festival, and he was. He came out of the. The. The boxy type place where you go in there, and he was looking for the place to wash your hands, and he, he found a urinal. And then he washed his hands in the <laughs> urinal. And it, this is the first time I met Andy. Showing, he's like, you got to see this video. <laughs> That's awesome. The best way to meet someone, right? <laughs> That's when you know you're on common ground. Yeah, I, I, I loved it. I showed it to almost everybody. And I think man wash his hand in urinal. They should all search on YouTube. I, I swear <laughs> I've seen that one. <laughs> I don't know if you've been to the urinals here. Oh, yes. Yes. So, so all the more reason to come to NCSLI and come to the events because the urinal here has like a, a little soccer goal. And there's a ball that you kind of try to pee in the goal. Where? It, in the in bathroom the, here. In the bathroom here. In this building? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. I'll have to go after this. I'm not, <laughs> Ryan's going to try. If that He's doesn't make you have to go, nothing will. He's going to be like, score! And no one else is going to be around to hear it. So uh, I'll record it. Yeah, just record it for your listeners. They can play here, I'll, I'll put on some outro music for us. It was fun, Henry. Well, thanks for stepping in. Yeah. Since uh, Joseph got Hopefully Joseph feels better. And uh, thanks to, boy, we had Ginger, Paul, Corey, James, Andy, Tim, Dillip. We didn't get Tim Tim Mason on. We forgot to snag him. Are we we doing stuff as a wrap-up show tomorrow? That's up to you. I'll be around if you guys want to. You can get Tim. Tim's gone, Philip wants to say something. I can grab him tomorrow. Philip, say your goodbyes. It was a pleasure, Philip. Ryan, it was a pleasure again being on the podcast. And it was a lot of fun. We'll have to do it again maybe tomorrow if if we all fill up to it, I guess. All right. All righty. Well, thank you, everyone. Good night, everybody. Thanks for having us, guys.